This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday. It's the 5th of February. It is racing through this year. It, seriously, I'm, I wake up every day and I think, are we, we're not nearly halfway through February, are we? Yes, we are. At last, a crackdown on foreign patients abusing the NHS. £400 million a year we waste treating these people. I think we should just tell them to go take a running jump. Uh, cheers on the streets of Syria as they show that vile video of that poor Jordanian pilot. The cure for the common cold, a step closer. Amazing, we closed that one down years and years ago. Uh, the Daleks are now going to be made in Lego. I thought we've seen this before, haven't we? But uh, apparently now it's going to happen. And why your pussycat ends up curling up inside a box? I don't believe the answer. Al Murray is the very posh pub landlord, but we knew that. You know, he talks like that, but in fact, when he comes off, he's terribly, terribly posh and speaks a little bit like that. A little bit like Campo de Gino. You know the chef? He talk like this all the time, but when he gets off, he goes, All right, mate? Yeah? All right? I've heard him. You don't fool me. Bruno Tonioli has told the Strictly Professional stars, Stop moaning about the money or sling your rook, go somewhere else. He's absolutely right. Uh, Prince Charles bumps into Louis Walsh. And looks as confused as everybody else does when they bump into Louis Walsh. And uh, we've got the latest thing from America. It'll be over here very shortly. What is it? It's a marijuana machine. It's an automatic vending machine that, for ten quid, gives you a gram of marijuana. Well, whoopee-doo, ladies and gentlemen. Proof, if proof were needed, that the barking mad are now out of the asylum. Plus, we've got the papers, we've got your texts and emails, and even more people are listening to LBC. It's a bit embarrassing when you have to blow your own trumpet, but, you know, we have to do it occasionally, just to sort of reinforce, I think, for our own well-being. I don't think it's done for anybody else. I think it's done for us. We know we're good. We know we're successful. We know people are listening for longer. We know there's a bigger audience. I've seen the audience figures. We sit, well, in fact, today we're going to be sitting down seeing the audience figures. And we go through them. And if you want to know how they do the audience figures, you have to go to James O'Brien's programme. And on the Mystery Hour, he did it a while ago on how they calculate the audience figures. I'm sure there's always a better way, in which case you'll probably find that our audience is even bigger than we imagine, because I'm constantly bumping into people who listen to LBC, constantly bumping into people who tune in at four o'clock in the morning. Seriously, people wake up at four in the morning. Just while I'm here then, isn't it, really? be a bit disappointing if you listen to sort of bing tone or something like that. But we've got a, a very busy programme. We have opinions, unlike other radio stations. We do have opinions. Sometimes they're popular, sometimes they're not. If you don't like them, couldn't care less. Not remotely bothered. Nobody kowtows to anybody on this programme. Everybody gets a fair crack of the whip, except the terminally stupid. The terminally stupid, if you send a text or an email that looks remotely idiotic and the producer looks at it, we just, we just send you into the dustbin. And uh, that's where all your texts and emails go for the remainder of your days. You never come back from it, I'm afraid. We, we never rescue you again. Once you've been stupid once, we work on the assumption you're quite clearly like that all the time. So we, we put you out of your misery. Anyway, what are we going to do this morning? So having told you, and I, I predicted yesterday, I don't like to go, I was right yet again, but the, uh, the um, Nicole Scherzinger, and of course, you know, they, they've split up now four times, four times, and apparently the latest, uh, this has been the most difficult decision of her entire life. You can imagine what a shallow existence poor old Nicole's been having recently. It's really traumatic. This is the fourth time they've split up. It's like, it's like dealing with three-year-olds. You know, split up, go back together. 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 That's the four times. And apparently this time, that's it, finish. Oh, thank God for that, dear. Now go back to America and leave us alone. We're not interested in your boring love life, your boring career. I couldn't care less. 
Couldn't care less. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here as quick as possible. And, uh, and she said, I mean, can you imagine that being the most difficult decision of her life? She's made it four times before, but it really is the most difficult. These people must live in a bubble. They must live in a bubble where they're, they're protected by everybody. And we go, oh, so she's pictured on the front page of, is it the, the sun this morning looking all mournful with big dark glasses on him? I still love Lou, she calls him. Split was hardest decision of my life. Who cares what you think, dear? Nobody's interested in what you think. I'd rather hear what he thinks. I'm not interested in you all the time. It's all poor me, poor me, poor me. Grow up, get a life. Silly woman. Oh, dear. Seven foods that will improve your eyesight this morning. That's something I can do with. Definitely. I'm sure my eyes are getting worse. I say that in a quiet voice. I don't want anybody else to hear it. Because I, I went out to go and get some more glasses the other day. Just reading glasses. I just need glasses for reading. But without them, I'm blooming useless. Seriously, I can't... Even with the size font on my phone, I can't see anything at all. I can see cars on the road, which is fairly good, isn't it? Uh, Ken Dodd is desperate for a knighthood. It's just those letters from the tax man, isn't it, that he's not sure. Perhaps he's already had an offer of a knighthood. Do you think, because it, it doesn't come from the Queen, the knighthood. It comes from number 10 Downing Street. You write into 10 Downing Street, they have an office, and you say, I'd like to nominate Steve Allen and Nick Ferrari and Ian Dale and Clive Bull and for, for sort of CBEs and MBEs and stuff like that. And then based on, you know, how many people write into them, they then go, we're going to give an award to Nick Ferrari, Clive Bull, Steve Allen, Eardale, etc., etc. So that's how it works for the knighthood. And obviously somebody said, listen, you can't give it to him because he's been in trouble with the tax man. Like a lot of people in show business. Like a lot of people in show business. They're sort of, they're not very good with money. They've got no idea, uh, people in show business, when they invest their money, where it's going. Is it going offshore? I don't know. Well, you know, Jerry Halliwell, how much money did you put offshore? I don't know. But I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want to pay less tax. So she sh- shoves £800,000. I had to laugh uh, the other day. Was it? I got sent a list of people turning out. Is it to the BAFTAs, I think, which Stephen Fry is hosting? And they've got David Beckham to give an award. When I saw the list that came through of the celebrities attending, I thought, David Beckham? What in God's name has he got to do with the, with the film industry? Answer nothing at all. So he's going to wander up there with his little his little beard on and go, I'd like to give this award to... And we're all going to, we're going to laugh. <coughs> Sorry, I made myself cough now. Uh, plus, uh, Prince Charles, I say, bumping in. And also Keith Lemon, who's desperately trying to drum up some interest in his boring little sketch show. If the, I'm assuming that the best bits they've shown us are the best bits that he's ever made. Because it's not Keith Lemon... It's either Lee Francis or perhaps it's Keith Lemon who gets him. In which case, if somebody sends death threats to a character who's not real, why would you worry about it? If you send them to Lee Francis, you can understand it. But unfortunately, he isn't Lee Francis. He only plays Keith Lemon in everything he does. From the uh, Through the keyhole, it's Keith Lemon. They don't go, this is Lee Francis. They go, it's Keith Lemon. So perhaps he's a bit psychotic. But anyway, apparently he's been getting death threats. You know, which again is stupid in the extreme because you get the internet trolls and they write this kind of stuff. And I've always said you go to the police, but he's trying to drum up interest in a programme. I've seen the clips. He doesn't look like any of the characters. He's not half as talented as ITV2 seem to think he is. Uh, what do your fingers say about you? In my case, they say you'll never play the piano. I don't have the right fingers. I looked at my fingers compared to people who play the, to, who play the piano. I'm not including Les Dawson because he's got little stubby fingers. Uh, but somebody like Bobby Crush has got very long fingers, and I've looked at other people, and they just... I, I was just useless. I wish I'd learned to play the piano. I wish I could play the piano. I seriously do. We used to have a guy, it seems odd, doesn't it, years and years ago on LBC. Uh, my friend Steve used to come in, and he could play the organ. And so somebody would phone up and say, can you play the theme to Ski Sunday or, you know, Match of the Day? And he could just play it by ear. 
He only had to hear it once, and he could he could he could bang out the tune on a, on a keyboard. And I thought, what a talent! What a talent that is! I wish I could do things like that. Clive Bull used to have some people. I think it was uh, Jan and um, Jan and Ray. Was it? Was it Jan and Ray? Uh, in somewhere, Rayleigh, might have been, can't remember. And uh, they used to play the organ down the telephone as well. So it's obviously very popular. Uh, the fun for Alan Barnes, remember the uh, the little guy, 67, who was knocked down and he's been frightened to go home. They wanted £500. They've closed the fund. £330,000. £330,000. That will buy him his own little place, you know, which can be near people that he knows or whatever. He doesn't really know that many people. But I'm sure that people will take it. He doesn't want to go into an old people's home. He's not remotely interested in that. That, they say, would stifle him. And I, I totally agree. I think that would stifle him. He wouldn't want to go in a place like that. But with £330,000, you know, he, he, he could probably... Where he is, you could probably get a little place, which could be quite nice, like a little bit of sheltered accommodation. And he could probably get it for under 100000 And he's got 200000 in the bank which he doesn't appear to have huge outgoings. He doesn't appear to be a man who squanders money. He's a man who's been used to living frugally. So this money will see him out for the rest of his life, and that's all due to the generosity of you. People like you who gave, they saw that story, that beautician was so taken by him, she set up the fund. She didn't want a lot of... 500 quid just to make him feel a bit better. £330,000. Isn't it funny, the things that you go for? Isn't it funny? You know why? Because you think, you know, one day that might be, you know, one of my parents... Might be a relative of mine, might be a next-door neighbour, stuff like that. Yesterday, as you know, my brother was in hospital. Day before. Day before? Yeah. Day before he was in hospital, he had this thing on his toe. It's all, it's all quite complicated and gruesome. Um, and he had to go for a general anaesthetic. And so, uh, to cheer him up, I sent him down a Paddington at Christmas DVD. I sent him some money, because I'm like that. I'm a good brother. And... Um, and then I went onto the internet after I'd had two glasses of Prosecco and I got carried away. He's built a bar in one of his rooms. And so I bought him some nice, some beautiful glasses and lots of umbrellas and different bits and pieces like that, which I thought was great. And he sent me a text yesterday going, because he's obviously in... He's, he's not in any agony, he's just being lazy. He's got his girlfriend, Marion, running around all over the place. She's now discovered the delights of Freeview. Very exciting. So they've retuned the television, so I come in loud and clear on the television. And... Um, and he said, thank you for the glasses. And I said, well, they're there for your bar. And then I checked online, because I thought, wait a minute, the Paddington DVD, I ordered, you know, in advance, the, the glasses I literally ordered the other day, and they arrived following day. I couldn't believe how fast they were. I mean, that was, that was some service on Amazon, as far as I was concerned. And, um, and so I said, what are, are the DVD and the... Because I checked online, and they said on Amazon that the DVD should have arrived on the Tuesday. And um, he never mentioned it. So I said, the DVD should have arrived and the money. And he sent me a text back. He said, you won't believe this. As you were typing that to me, he said, the postman popped the DVD through the letterbox and an envelope with some money in it. I said, there you go. There you go. There is a God. I said, but wait for this. I said, I've sent you some little parasols. So when he does cocktails on his bar, he could put little parasols in. And I found a company on Amazon who do these little umbrellas, which are really cute. I don't know why they ever put umbrellas in a drink. I don't ask me. I've really, I don't understand the history of it or anything like that. And so I said, I've sent you down a box. How many did you get for £3.26? £3.26 of the little umbrellas, the little parasols to put in your drink. How many did you get? You get 144. He's so excited. 144 little parasols. It's so exciting. Leading Britain's conversation. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. This morning from 7 on LBC. 
Nick Clegg will be here being Thursday. It's called Clegg with Nick Ferrari. And he'll be taking your calls. Uh, and a mum of six will be sterilised. So say our courts. Learning disabilities mean that she and her children are at risk if she has another child. Is that right? Should our legal system be allowed to sterilise people? Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder, is still in the Ecuadorian embassy. 959 days after he went in, LBC can exclusively reveal it's now cost the British taxpayer £10 million to police his stay. We'll hear from a friend and colleague at WikiLeaks, Nick Ferrari. This morning at 7th, paper reviewer is Hannah Tallett, the Sky News presenter. That's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. And uh, no doubt Nick will be talking about that story that's on the front of the, the mail today, saying that at last a crackdown for foreign patients uh, who just turn up on planes and then check themselves in for everything from giving birth to having heart surgery. £400 million a year it, uh, it costs. Now they'll be required to show a European health insurance card. Good. Bring it in immediately. Bring it in immediately. Let's stop these uh, these ambulance planes arriving in this country. And these they, they just get in the taxi, just go take me to a hospital. They check into A&E and they go, I'm going to give birth to a baby. I've got this that he's doing. And, uh, and we do it for free. Not anymore. Not anymore. How it's going to work, I do not know. How they're going to police it, I do not know. What are they going to do? Say, I'm terribly sorry, you don't have a European insurance card. Well, I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, you're not having any surgery. Off you go. Bye-bye. Thank you. Perhaps we'll have to have security sitting there, pushing people back out onto the streets. I can't see it's going to work any other way, can you? What are you going to do? Because some of these people are violent. They're quite violent, although work on the assumption that if they're that ill, they might die there. So we'll have to bury them. So either way, it's going to cost us money. Bruno Tonioli, always fairly fiery, fairly camp. And uh, he's told the show's dancers, the, uh, the pro dancers, to uh, off if they're unhappy with the money, because they're all complaining about it. And to be honest with you, he says most of them, you know, get about 30 grand a series. £30,000 a series. It's not bad, but, but bearing in mind, it isn't the money that's of importance. You know, it's not the £30,000. It's the spin-offs. Without these programmes, you wouldn't have heard of these ghastly people, the Christiana Rianoff and all that lot. You wouldn't have heard of half of them. You know, they'd just be sort of trawling up and down the street saying, anybody want a dancer? Anybody want a dancer? You know, dance lessons? Hello, dancing? But uh, without this programme, he actually said, the terms of the negotiations are, if you don't like it, stop moaning. He said, Strictly has not made me a millionaire. I still live in the same apartment I bought in 91 before Strictly, but I never moan. And I absolutely agree with him. I can't stand people who moan. Oh, I want this much money. I want. We all want more money. Don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd be the first person to put my hand up if somebody was standing there with a sackload of money going, uh, any, any presenters like some more money? Yes, please. I'd like some more money. Of course I would. Of course I would. But luckily, I don't have particularly high living standards, you know. Just my small tent up there at Marble Arch. I'm quite happy to go around. A little bit of begging. Actually, the good news is in one country, I think it's Norway, they've just made it illegal to give money to beggars. Wish they'd make it illegal over here. I'm sick to death of seeing perfectly able-bodied people. They're not even disabled, sitting by cash points with plaintive little voice. Got some money for a cup of tea? No, I haven't! So angry with these useless wastes of space. Oh, you know, I could have got money for a cup of tea. My God, what are you just drinking? Tea all day? Get off your bum. Get out there. We've got a story coming up on the free podcast later where we look at show business people. And Daniela Westbrook's on another freebie holiday. Obviously, no, no intention in her shallow, non-existent brain uh, to actually go out there and find a job. So she's going on another free holiday paid by some loser from The X Factor. It's a bit dreary, isn't it, really? Because it makes me angry. That uh, we appear to be funding this old bags lifestyle. You know, we're, she's in a hostel. Who's paying for that? You are. I am. We're all paying for it. You know, and I wanted to get out there and get a job. 
It's just ridiculous. Lazy woman of that age. She should be setting an example, shouldn't she? But uh, I shouldn't imagine she ever will do. Uh, now you're on Freeview, Steve. I can record your show. Finally get some extra shutout. Oh, well, that's no good to my figures, is it? I don't people to... I mean, I don't mind you recording it, but I do expect you to say that you do listen to the Steve Allen show if you get stopped or asked or something like that, you know, just in case. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody wrote to me as well and said it's, um, it's a bit disappointing. I've just gone on Twitter and I've got no, no followers. What does that say? And I was tempted to write back and it means nobody likes you. If you haven't got any, any followers. But I thought, no, that's, that's far too cruel, isn't it? Uh, Claire says, you want to play the piano? You did play dueling banjos. I certainly did. And I think you'll still find it. I don't know if it's in the LBC archive. Might be there somewhere. Who knows? You'll have to hunt for it and, and find it. It was, it was worth playing. Uh, long fingers make it easier to play the guitar. Right. I don't want to play the guitar. Not remotely interested in the guitar. I think the guitar is so boring. I read to Kumbaya. You know, it's a bit, bit, bit dreary. Noreen says it's today you've got the doctors. Yes, today we have the, uh, the doctors. And uh, so we've got interview this morning. And then after interview, then we've got big company meeting, which is very nice. And then after that, whiz home. No buses, of course. No buses. You are aware of this. Are you not? More than ever, so I shall just get a tube train. We've always survived. It doesn't actually make any difference whether they take the buses off. The only people you're going to really annoy are the, are the customers. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. The management couldn't care less. Why should they care about it? It doesn't make any difference. Sit out there as much as you like. Most people seem to look at it as just sort of a day off, whereas it's the, it's the passengers who get really fed up with it. You know, why should we have to suffer? It's not our company. Nothing to do with us, yet we're the ones who suffer. But uh, we will get to work. You know, we'll, we'll, use, we'll use walking... You remember? God gave you legs, some of you. And, uh, and then you'll be able to walk. And I bet you still find beggars, though, sitting on the street. They'll always manage to get somewhere, won't they? Can you make a cup of tea, mate? No, I haven't. If I had money for a cup of tea, I'd be drinking it round you. Simple as that. I love the people who go and give them food. You know, and they look at it like, oh, God, not more blooming McDonald's. Uh, so heartbroken, heartbroken. Oh, how much sleep do you need? Um... I've got a guide, which I'll, I'll bring you later on, actually, because some of you survive on very little sleep. And some of you, because to be honest with you, getting up at four o'clock in the morning to listen to this, this programme is no real hardship. You're only two hours away from the entire world waking up because everybody gets up at about six o'clock in the morning. So it's no big hardship to wake up two hours ahead of that. And what better way to do it to actually get up or failing that? You know, you can go into the kitchen, make yourself a couple of pieces of toast... A little bit of Marmite, quite good for you. I know if you don't like Marmite, you're not going to like this. A little bit of Marmite on there, cup of tea, take it back to bed, turn the radio up, listen for a couple of hours. You know, perfect start to the day. Perfect start to the day. My boss sent me a, a text, an email last night, and it's about a meeting that we were going to have today, but we can't now because there's other, other things that have taken place. And uh, he said, Can you let me know that you've got this? And I looked at the time he sent it. It was quarter past seven. Of course, I'm long since in bed. Long since in bed. So I'm going to have to say to him today, uh, you know, because he will get it when he gets up this morning. But I'll have to say to him, I did actually get it, but not till I got into the studio because I was asleep. I was in my beddy buys. In fact, yesterday I was in bed by quarter to six. I was so tired and I hit the sheets and crash. I went out. And a friend of mine, I don't, I don't want to identify him in any way, shape or form, but his girlfriend has just finished with him. Why? He keeps falling asleep. Seriously. And it's really now driving her mad. So yesterday he had a problem with his vehicle and he had to take, he said, then the girlfriend's coming around so they can sort of talk this over. 
And he said, I'm really tired now. I said, for God's sake, don't fall asleep in front of her. That will just do it. And so he's now at that stage where he's tired. He's doing like 13-hour days, and he's really tired. He's very, very tired. And he's only young. He's only 25, 26. Uh, well, 25. And so he's, he had to stay awake yesterday for the sake of the relationship because she's had enough of it. She's had enough of, you know, she's, she's got in from doing whatever, looking after the kids. And, um, and, then, uh, and then he just sits there on the settee and clunk, he's gone for the world because he's tired. And uh, same for me because I wake up early because I wake up at one o'clock in the morning. By the time it gets to six o'clock, end of the day, I'm quite tired. I sleep like a log, absolutely. So we will talk a little bit later on how much sleep you need. I'd rather, if you listen to LBC, you didn't sleep at all, but I realise it's not physically possible. Apparently, the, the, the over-65s are actually much better. Much better at things like that. Uh, is it today? Says Noreen, you have the doctors. Yes. Uh, Brian's got his annual MOT tomorrow. Lots of people looking forward to your book. Do you remember your book a few years ago? Limited edition, all numbered? I know lots of people are waiting for this one. Ours is due Saturday. Uh, I have seen it. I have, there's a little pile on the boss's desk. There was a pile of everybody else's books, and they've all gone. Mine's still sitting there. And I don't know whether <laughs> all, all the presenters have taken their own books, and whether that's my little pile of books for me. Because everybody else's book's gone except mine, so I'm now feeling insecure about the whole thing. Anyway, Sally, happy birthday, and David, belated happy birthday as, uh, as well. And I hope that when you get the, uh, the books through, you like them. It's only the second book we've ever done. Only the second book we've ever done. Uh, so here's uh, Lewis Hamilton, spun off the track in his Formula One car, as, uh, as his love life with Nicole shows he has gone off the boil. I mean, what a boring girl she is. She's the one who drones on about it. He just says nothing. And I think it's, um, apparently, he didn't know the separation was being made public until he read reports about it the other day. That's how bad their relationship is. They don't even talk, because she obviously thinks she's some huge big star because she believes the publicity. He just gets on with driving fast cars. And I don't think he wants to get married. The reason that we were told that they'd actually split up is because, um, apparently, she's and she's so overwrought by the whole thing. It's just so traumatic. She's done this four times. So by now, it must be tears of laughter when they announce they're going to split up again. Not that he knew. She's been singing on stage with real tears because the lyrics remind her of the good time. What in God's name? She's in only in Cats. I don't think there's any... And she, Midnight, not a sound from the pavement... Has the moon lost her Well, it could be that one. It could be memory, couldn't it? In which case, perhaps it'd be good if we erased her memory and then she wouldn't be so depressing about the whole blooming thing. Apparently, Lewis lives in uh, Monaco. So even when she's been in the West End, they hardly saw each other. Oh, dear. Grow up. I, wouldn't, I could understand it if she was like 15 or something like that. But uh, he's not. I mean, she's, she's 36. 36 behaving like a child. He's obviously not bothered by it at all. Why would he bother about it? She wants to get married. He doesn't. End of story. You know, but they've split up four times. So I think we've cried wolf a number of times now, ladies and gentlemen. I think now we've got to the stage where we don't really care, do we? I never cared in the first place. One of the reasons I don't give money to people in the streets, says, says Mike in Manchester. He says, one day, man sat down in Piccadilly Gardens, asked for some money. So I gave in and gave him a quid. As he reached to take the money, the sleeve from his coat moved and exposed the biggest gold bracelet I've ever seen. Not to mention the very nice watch. Well, they exposed one around here in Leicester Square. He was begging outside Leicester Square. That's why I never give to beggars. Never, ever, ever. There's so many crooks out there. I'm not interested whether they've got drink problems. Dr- I couldn't care less. That's up to charities to deal with that. I'm not qualified to deal with that. I'm only interested in somebody sitting on the pavement. There was one guy. He was making 60 grand a year. He had a council flat and everything. There was another guy operating from Leicester Square. He got some money. 
And they sit there, you know, as if that's how they live. They live in a tube or something. They don't. This one drove a car. He parked it round the corner and then he would head off back to his nice flat. Because you can make 60 grand a year sitting on the pavement begging. Amazing, isn't it, really? Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, 5th of February, nearly the weekend. Panic not, panic not. We didn't have any snow yesterday. And I'm trying to do the whole programme this morning without mentioning fried bread and crispy bacon with beans and maybe an egg on the top. I did, I, I did say I would try. Unfortunately, now I put the image back in my mind again. It's not, it's not helping. I didn't have fried bread yesterday. What did I have when I got in yesterday? I can't remember what I had when I got in yet. I don't think I had anything. Oh, I had... Did I have some toast? Can't remember. Cannot remember, but fried bread and crispy bacon. Oh, delicious. Anyway, stop it, Stephen. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh, it's Shanna. Shanna is in uh, Ponchatoula in America. Said it was me. He said, I've got no followers on Twitter. I haven't told anybody about my Twitter account and I haven't imported my contacts. I suppose that's why I don't have any followers yet. But I, I didn't sign up for that. I only signed up to be connected to LBC. Just a few days ago. It's not that nobody likes me. God, I hope that's not why. Anyway, looking forward to my book soon. Still your most faithful fan in America. Shanna Bauman. She does, she does antiques and collectibles. It's in America. It's miles away. And she's ordered the book, which is called uh, So You Want to Be a Celebrity. And it's, uh, it's exactly the same as the programme. It's exactly the same as the programme. So uh, the comments on the, in the book... You're trying to be the same as on the programme. Obviously, I'm not going to change things, am I? It'd be ridiculous to change that. Uh, putting on weight, says Junior. He says, poor Jackie is still in hospital. Minus 14 degrees in Glasgow. Oh, dear Lord above. That's it. See, that's fine. But the first thing I did when I got in yesterday, I put the heating on. Because, and then and when I put the heating on, I put a pair of shorts on. And so I'm quite happy to sort of wander around in shorts. Not very good to be able to open the door or anything like that. It must be love. Remember that lovely dog that was dumped? Hundreds of offers worldwide. Hundreds of offers. It's a Sharpay. His name's Kai. He was, he was a crossbreed. So he's sort of bit Sharpay, bit, bit whatever else he is, poor soul. And so hundreds of people uh, wanted him. But the person who got him was Ian Russell from Newton Means on the outskirts of Glasgow. He said, I'm over the moon. He says, my Dalmatian named Mika. Misha parked away, uh, passed away just before Christmas and I was left heartbroken. He's a hydraulic engineer. And uh, so Kai, who's aged two or three, because I don't really know, is going to have an active life. Because, I mean, people like Sharpays. I'm not, I'm not wild about them. I'm not wild about Sharpays. But uh, anyway, at least they've actually, they've got a home. I knew they would have. I knew there'd be a home for him. Because he's a dog. He was left sitting by the... St- I see dogs all the time sitting there. And you look around thinking, is there an owner here somewhere? Or have they just sort of... Um, just sort of dumped it. I can't work out if uh, if Keith Lemon's just as boring as I think he is. I mean, he's just... They call him a comedian. Never made me laugh once. I just find the whole thing deeply, deeply embarrassing. And so the uh, the mirror today, the 3am column, because they can't really be bothered to do anything else, and it does take three of them to manage it. I mean, dear Lord, what are they all writing in longhand or something? I've never known such a, a weak column in my life. Ashley Hope... No, Ashley Rainbird, Hannah Hope and Helena Watts. I mean, three people to do this. And they've just turned it over to Keith Lemon to plug his show. Because this isn't Lee, Lee Francis, this is Keith Lemon. So it's, it's him dressed up as Kim Carter. It's, it's just weak. It's just lame, out-of-date comedy. Neither funny nor interesting. I, so, I suppose it appears to sort of overgrown schoolboys or people on drugs. Certainly doesn't appeal to anybody else, does it? I mean, celebrity juice. Weakest programme ever. 
embarrassing, really, for some of the people on there when, when their children grow up and go, that's my dad spouting filth on the programme, as indeed we've had from Campo de Gino. I mean, I've never heard so much filth emanate from somebody's mouth. I'm really disappointed. You know, perhaps it's great, but this is going out on the television. This isn't going out on some sort of channel where only people who pay a subscription can access it. So, obviously, somebody at ITV2 seems to think that Keith Lemon's funny. I don't think he's remotely funny. Has he ever done the Royal Variety? I don't think so. If he did, it was a mistake. Um, Apparently, Joey Essex has got a bit of a temper on him. No, he hasn't. Okay, but anyway... uh, this is uh, Keith, Keith Lemon apparently went down to uh, professional halfwit Joey Essex's house. He says, and he'd left his invoices out. He'd left his, he doesn't do invoices. His agent would do his invoices. You never know what to believe with Keith Lemon because the whole thing is just, it's a bit of a fantasy and it's just filth, I'm afraid. And he gets £3,000 for a club night appearance and does, does, some, does, sometimes does four a night. No, he doesn't. It's just cobbless, I'm afraid. It's absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Really ridiculous. Uh, anyway, so Polly Hudson, she used to do a column and then now she's sort of sort of doing another column there and I don't really know what it is, but anyway. And she talks about Katie Price, who's just unfunny in the Big Brother house and it's going to come down to uh, who, who's, who's going to win Big Brother? And the answer is, who cares? Who cares? Let's hold our hands up and go, I think this dreary old programme has run its course. Unfortunately, Perez Hilton got kicked out. Well, quite clearly, you're not taking a blind bit of notice of me. Paris Hilton was the most entertaining person in there. At least he didn't drone on about his love life like Katie Price has done. Embarrassing all the men she's slept with. Count them on your hand now. Quite a few. And um, David Beckham. And uh, Polly says, Most women, when faced with a naked David Beckham, might struggle to find words at all, but not Harper. After sharing a bath, the three-year-old tot told him, Daddy, I love you so much, but I don't like you. You're so chubby. Isn't that amazing from a three-year-old? Honestly, the gift of articulation. She's more articulated than the parents. At three years old, she can actually say, Daddy, I love you so much, but I don't like you. You're so chubby. Isn't that amazing? A three-year-old knows the word chubby. I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked. This, This child must be a gift from God. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, to be honest with you, whoever told... I mean, whoever could she have got the attitude from... You're so chubby. I mean, chubby, a three-year-old using the word chubby. Think about it. Of course, it's rubbish, isn't it? It's just a little story for David to say. David, when you go on there, make up a story about Harper, OK? So, Daddy, I love you, but you're getting a bit chubby. Yeah, right. OK. <laughs> um, Conrad Hilton, they say the Hotel Air. No, he's not. They sold the chain ages ago. Assaulted British Airways crew on a plane after calling fellow passengers peasants. It's been alleged. Um... They say he's been released on £65,000 bail. It happened a while ago, actually. This isn't, uh, this isn't recent at all. But uh, if, if you start messing around, you can go to, uh, to prison for this kind of thing. And they have sent prison people to prison before. And, in fact, he's actually had one of these things. I think the, uh, the, uh, the family have had to pay out before. Because, you know, the, her, her parents, Conrad Hilton and uh, Paris, their parents were estate agents. OK, They're not heirs to anything at all. They're estate agents. The, uh, the Hilton chain was sold off a long, long time ago. They're heir to nothing at all. Um, also, so here it is. This is, um, this is the world's high point for cannabis fans. The launch of the world's first marijuana machine. In Seattle, in Washington, for registered users, the first customer bought a gram in a can for £10. He said, it smells delicious. Oh, dear God. What is it? You think he's a minicab driver or something like that? You certainly don't want to be getting in his thing, do you, at all? And two gangsters. There's a couple of gangster stories in the paper today. They forced a man to help them chop off one of his toes in a torture ordeal. 
Blake Walden and Curtis Jewell made Richard Hedford sit in a chair and choose between losing a finger or as a toe. So he, he selected the little toe on his left foot because uh, Waldron accused him of stealing from a drug stash. Dear Lord above, honestly. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? Walden will now be enjoying Her Majesty's Pleasure 11 years and his little, his little friend Jewel for eight years. They're both gangsters from Bristol. I mean, you can't believe it, can you? Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. They've got gangsters in Bristol. Well, they haven't. They've gone to prison. But they had gangsters. Um, There's a a picture of a snowman. Snow has disappeared, but not here. The sisters who built this snowman uh, loved their frozen friend so much, they asked their dad if he would let it go back home with them. Casey, nine, and Heidi, seven... Maisie 5 and Erin 4 didn't have the heart to leave Snowy on the North Yorkshire Moors, so Nick took him back in his van to Nether Poppleton. There is actually a place called Nether Poppleton, <laughs> which has had no snow this year. Mum says people have gone out of their way to see it. Oh, isn't that nice? And sad at the same time. Uh, 84850, uk. And, uh, wait a minute, let's do some more of these ones here. Strictly Steve, says Ian, has raised the pro dancers' profiles at many of dance shows on tour. Yes, of course. You know, so in other words, they're earning, they're getting free exposure on the television and they're being paid at the same time so they can go out and take their lame little dancing. I mean, how many dancing shows do you want to watch, for goodness sake? It's ridiculous. Uh, another one here, Conan Doyle wrote, uh, wrote, uh, Sherlock uh, wrote a Sherlock Holmes story about a chap who commuted into London. His wife thought he was having an affair. He was transforming into a beggar after losing his uh, his job. Well, that's... I mean, to be honest with you, it's so lucrative. And people, idiots, give these people money. Why would you give somebody money who can't even stand up? They can stand up. They just choose to sit there. I told you. We were in Mayfair a short while ago, for those people who missed the story. And um, we were having a cup of coffee in Costa. woman comes in with an anorak. I remember looking at her thinking, it's rather a dirty puffer jacket. But anyway, she comes in, she plugs her phone in, walks out. We look out the window thinking, why does she plug her phone in and go out again? She then sits down on the pavement, pulls a rug over her knees and starts holding her hands out to passers-by. She's running a mobile phone. Don't give money to beggars. OK, simple as that. Don't give money. You just encourage them. Makes it worse. Makes it worse. Uh, early riser... As uh, Anne of St Albans, 3.45, the ceremonial kettle switch on. Kettle beside bed. Are you living in the kitchen now? The pouring of the hot, black, steaming coffee. Settle back on pillow. Listen to the programme, Bliss. It's nice, isn't it, really? It must be quite exciting. And uh, uh, Steve says, Les, I don't get up. I'm always at work. And, and Ian says, had a regional manager that had uh, narcolepsy. Fell asleep inside five minutes of getting in the car. That's lovely, isn't it? I used to fall asleep in cars. We used to have a boss years ago. He went to India and he picked up something, whatever it was, he would all of a sudden stop breathing. He would forget to breathe. You'd have to say to him, breathe! Philip, breathe, for goodness sake. And he would forget. It was this, I can't remember what they called it. And you had to remind him to keep breathing, otherwise he'd sort of, he'd sort of go completely. Um, another one here. This is, oh, there's a very interesting story. Now, where, which paper did it appear in? One of the papers has got it this morning. Do you remember the girl who disappeared off with, uh, with a teacher. And uh, he then went to prison, and then they were going to stay together, and then they weren't going to stay together, and then they split up and all the rest of it, because uh, pupils get crushes on teachers. Uh, this is the story of Jeremy Forrest, who ran away with the pupil. The nation was shocked. I wasn't. I was the only person who wasn't shocked at all. And uh, she was quite bolshy about the whole thing. But anyway, the mother has rehashed the story in a book. 
I mean, as one of the, as Carol Sala, writing in the Express, says today, and I have to agree with her, how could a mother do this to her daughter? But there again, you know, a bit of money on offer. Go on, darling, go on, sell your book, sell your book. I had to find out which publisher it was. Blake. I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen some of the uh, publications that John Blake has done before. They certainly don't feature on any of my programmes. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, every Thursday, 5th of February. You know that Disney have got a new film out, a little sequel, a little follow-up to, um, to Let It Go, Let It Go, I'm at One. I know it drives you mad, but apparently uh, a new song coming out is going to be even more addictive. Is that possible? Is it, even in the office yesterday, Eleanor Noakes was singing it very loudly. And other people are going, don't sing it, don't sing it. And I was thinking, no, sing it. It's such a good song. It's the kind of song you can really, really throw yourself into. And because Edina Menzel has got such a, a great range on her voice, you can just literally screech it out. It's fantastic. I know everybody hates it. <laughs> 84850, steve at Because the buses are going on strike this morning, you have, I only mention it now, I would allow a little bit, a little bit of extra time a little bit of extra time so that you can... Uh, oh, dear, I've done something wrong here. Uh, so that you can get yourself into work and you can make sure you get there on time because you have a duty. You have a duty of care to make sure that you can get in there and you can get back again. OK? So uh, so just, just think about it. Just think about it because otherwise it'll be uh, uh, an absolute nightmare for you. Absolute nightmare. I've just... Uh, oh, I know I've done something wrong. Uh I'm sorry, I'm messing around with my computer in here now so much so that I've lost everything. Anyway, it'll come back to me a little bit later on. This week for In Conversation, uh, I can tell you it's going to be the fabulous Anne Reid. Last Tango in Halifax, fabulous show. Anne Reid, fabulous conversation. They're all good conversations. This one's, this one's a real goodie. And not only Anne Reid, but singer-songwriter Howard Jones will be with us in the studio as well. Yes, that Howard Jones. And uh, many of you will remember him from the 80s. He's still going, he's still towards America. He's at uh, Indigo at the O2 coming up very shortly. And we've got a lot to talk about. So both of them with me for In Conversation this week on LBC. And that's on Sunday morning between 5 and 6 a.m. Repeated 9 o'clock in the evening. So for those people who can't make it at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I urge you to because I'm here live from 6 every Sunday morning, looking through the Sunday papers, and uh, then of an evening, on the Sunday evening, between 9 and 10, in conversation. So Anne Reid and singer-songwriter Howard Jones with me this week. It's interesting, actually, on this runaway schoolgirl story, the the daughter concerned um, hasn't read the book, doesn't want to read the book, because obviously the mother's capitalised on it, and they've said it's by uh, Davina Williams. It isn't, that's not her real name, and they've used a different name for the for the girl inside. And it's it's just a bit embarrassing, really. You know, it's purely done for financial gain. What else can it be done for? I can't think of any other reason why you would end up doing something like that. So I have to uh, agree with uh, with Carol Sala, definitely. Uh, Aldi has won the top spot for wine. You never think, do you? Oh, I'll, I'll get some wine, I'll go to Aldi. But apparently, uh, last year, they picked up 121 medals at international competitions, including four golds. They bagged a silver at the International Wine and Spirit Competition. Uh, for its Kulibura, Kulibura Australian Shiraz Cabernet 2013, which is £3.99. <laughs> and it beat wines 11 times that price. So it's good. And uh, Aldi buying chief Tony Bain says, we're thrilled to get this award. They plan 70 new stores and we'll need up to 4,500 more staff. 
Assistant managers for Aldi start on 24 and a half grand, and it rises, it rises. Isn't it funny? Aldi spreading out there, you know, getting awards. Now they're Retailer of the Year at the Drinks Retailing Awards, whatever that is. I've got no idea. There's probably hundreds of these competitions, but uh, they're quite pleased with it. So they open loads more stores. Tesco clothes loads more stores. What is it about Tesco you're not liking and Aldi you're liking? Is it the prices? What is it? Is it customer service? I don't know. No idea. There seems to be no no logical reason, really, does there? Oh, they're actually trying to do the damage limitation on uh, Prince Andrew again. An overdue baby's been named after Prince Andrew. What, Randy? Why would you call a baby Randy? Uh, apparently, Prince Andrew suggested a curry might hurry him along, because you see him queuing down the local tandoori takeaway, don't you? Lieutenant Tom Lofthouse and his wife Judy spoke at the Royal Navy Wings Parade last week, and... Um, uh, the Duke of York advised my wife to have a curry, which we did, and it seemed to do the trick. So we called him Andrew. <laughs> Lovely. Thrilling, isn't it? Absolutely thrilling. Not, I'm afraid. Al Murray. Uh, behind his alter ego, he's very well connected. I've told you, he's very posh. He's a very posh pub landlord. It's an act he's doing. But uh, unlike uh, Lee Francis, who can only be Keith Lemon, he can't actually be anything else, and deeply unfunny, Al Murray is very funny. You notice that Keith Lemon doesn't go out on the road, because if you saw him in the flesh and you saw the show, you'd, people would be walking out in droves, I should imagine. So they have to sort of spend ages and ages putting together a programme. And somebody somewhere is going, he's really funny. I don't know who's saying that. I'd love to find out. There's an angelic-looking teenager. Well, he's not angelic. He's got badly bleached hair. His name is Matthew Dodd Fleming, but he's not posh at all. He's a 17-year-old idiot. Um, he tried to make dogs bite a newsagent. They call him the devil child of his village. He's just a bit stupid. He's one of life's simpletons. He's also kicked balls at his neighbour's home, smoked cannabis, drunk alcohol in public, looked into the windows of an old people's home. He's now got his second anti-social behaviour order. But, I mean, why would he care? He's a, he's a thicko. He can't help it. I mean, you can only imagine what his parents must be like. He's had 30 complaints by the age of 14 about his behaviour. Where are the parents? I mean, are they as thick as he is? He got his second ASBO. And uh, they've said now, you know, happens again, going to prison. Perhaps he'd like it. Perhaps it's his little badge of honour. Where does he live? Oh, he lives near uh, Pontypri in uh, South Wales. Sad, isn't it, really? So many kids are running wild in, in Wales. And then some of them, you know, see the light and get themselves into the real world and start making a, start making a difference. Not the idiot there, I'm afraid, because there he is, the silly little girl's blouse, Matthew Dodd Fleming, second asbo at the age of 17, because presumably he's a bit lonely. Presumably he doesn't have anything to do. Presumably he doesn't have, you know, any friends. Or if he does, they want to stay well away from him. Believe you me, you need to stay well away because the man will drag you down to his level. I say man, the child will drag you down to, to his level. More of your texts and emails coming in. Uh, also, Clark Carlyle. I leapt in front of Laurie hoping to die. I don't know anything about him. All I know is that he was uh, a football ace, uh, former uh, PFA chairman and TV pundit, he said, I wanted to die. He was dropped from his job. And apparently the first thing he did was, because he was losing £100,000 a year, he decided to go to a casino. And then he said for 18 months he's had depression. And so he sort of sold his story. Uh, boozing, ended up in a cell on a drink, driving rap. What is it about these people that go off the rails? What is it that sends people over the rails? His football career over, penniless. He lost a fortune in the casino. Hello? Duh? Duh? It's a casino. They, they aren't designed to let you win all the time. Some people win, some people lose. You quite clearly weren't very good. But if you're in there and you're in a wrong place, you're not going to be making rational decisions, are you? Hard and fast advice for casinos. Go in there. When you win, get out. Don't hang around. 
get out, take your money, go away, go and spend it on something else. So he's lost all his money, and uh, in despair he lay down on a railway line, but the train was too slow, so he wasn't even very successful at that. He hurled his pain at his, uh, at his, uh, his wife, and he says, My family showered me with love and I couldn't take it. They were there in my hour of need, and I said, I just need to die. You see, somebody like that, I don't think he needs to give an interview to a newspaper. He needs to go and get medical help. Quite clearly, you know. It's, I mean, he said, you'd see somebody in the street and they'd say, didn't you used to be Clark Carlyle? I never even heard of him. So I certainly wouldn't be saying that to him. He says, my road to recovery will be eternal. Today I'm excited and I'm confident because I've been truly diagnosed. Well, I should imagine just throwing yourself in front of a train would be sort of kind of a bit of a giveaway there on that one. But there's loads of people like that. The care in the community has almost disappeared now. You see lots of people wandering around, talking to walls and things like that, and they're obviously quite clearly seriously depressed. And there must be some sort of help there. But what are we doing? We're apparently giving medals now, medals, to people who've been out there in the Ebola countries. And look, so presumably Bob Geldof must be due another one. Any short. Anybody who's raised money for Ebola or been out on the front line, they've created a special medal to give to people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really sure whether or not we need to give medals to Ebola workers. Um, 2,000 military and civilian helpers will be eligible, which will be out in the summer. This is David Cameron. Is this to take away from the fact that his wife's working for a company that, that uh, based themselves out in Monaco? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, really. I mean, they, they, they talk about the, uh, the British nurse, Pauline who may have contracted Ebola after wearing a visor instead of goggles. So quite clearly they're not even being told what to wear out there. I wouldn't want to go there at all. Terrible. Uh, over, in, uh, over in Paris, uh, we found some cross-dressing crooks. They stole £53 million worth of jewels in one raid. Four gunmen, three in wigs, fishnets and high heels. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, they must have looked like blokes in drag. Uh, struck at the famed Harry, uh, framed Harry Winston store. And uh, eight defendants, including the alleged mastermind, face up to 30 years in prison. Because they caught them. doesn't take long, actually, to find these people. You know, many... Anybody walk out the flats near you were cross-dressing? Yes. I told you that uh, a friend of mine has... Um, a, friend, a friend of a friend uh, had a piece of jewellery made in a, in a rather nice little shop in uh, a little town in Essex. But to get into the shop, you've got to go up the stairs... Oh, I'll tell you where it is. It's Brentwood. OK, you go up the stairs and then they buzz you into the shop. So they're in the shop. They've got cameras downstairs. They can see people coming in. Obviously, you know, it's a jewellery shop. They make, you know, jewellery to order. And so they were watching the camera one, one day. And um, this, this woman came in, another two of them, in burkas, full burkas. They come up the stairs in full burkas and they, they push the buzzer. And um, so the bloke looks out and he obviously thinks, no chance, no chance at all. And uh, so he says, no, no, sorry, we need to look, you know, jewellery. No, 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 sorry, do you have an appointment? No, 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 no appointment. Anyway, they sort of haggled backwards and forwards for about five minutes until it was quite clear that the jeweller was not going to let them in to the shop because they didn't have an appointment and they looked slightly dodgy. And so he said, no, sorry, you need an appointment, make an appointment and then we, we can do it for you. As they go down the stairs, one of the women in the burka goes, we'll have to try somewhere else now. There's obviously quite a lot of this cross-dressing going on. There really is. Very worrying. There's also, I mentioned, there's another drug story in the paper, and it's a drug baron. He's only just come out of prison. A cannabis smuggler freed from jail after nine years. Sitting outside his house in his car. Somebody comes along. Bang, 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 bang. He's dead. It's as simple as that. And um, now they're looking for the person who killed him. He apparently was a drugs baron. Whatever in God's name that is. 
It's LBC, Thursday, the 5th of February. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Finally a crackdown on foreign patients abusing the NHS. 400 million, that's what we're wasting on these people. As far as I'm concerned, you show a credit card. You've got a credit card, you can have the treatment. You don't have a credit card, all of these European cards, you know, for, for medical insurance. You're not getting it. Simple as that, just turn them away. Cure for the common cold is a step closer. I'm old enough to remember when they closed down the Centre for Common Cold Research. And people would go there and they would inject you and you'd sit there for two weeks with a cold. You'd be paid for it. So a lot of people went there and read books and wrote books and things like that. And then they realised they were going nowhere because it's a virus. But now they think we could be closer. And the Daleks. Lego's taken them on. It's all uphill, you know. It's LBC. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 5th of February. It's called Clegg Day today. I thought you'd like that. It's, he's back in again. Lots to talk to him about. So you can get your calls in to the Deputy Prime Minister. The crackdown on foreign patients abusing the NHS. You've got to prove now. That'll be a first, won't it? Mind you, I suppose there's some way round the system. Starbucks, they've made a profit in the UK. Isn't that amazing? They've got, so they haven't made a profit for ages. And the good news is they've paid tax. Wow. Probably about as much as the Beckhams, I should imagine. 200,000 quid for the whole group. Not really a lot, is it? But I suppose it's a step in the right direction. The cure for the common cold is a step in the right direction. That'd be quite nice. At the moment, it's, a, I forget how many billions of pounds a year we spend on what we think are going to be cold remedies. None of them work. And why is it that cats end up curling in a box? They'll always go somewhere, won't they? Cats will do something. They sort of either curl up or they curl up here. And you get, but our cat used to be able to pick up while it was asleep and move it from one area to another. And then when you put it down the next place, it would just sort of stretch out, curl up again, and back it was as... Cats don't do anything. They spend most of their time asleep. I'm not saying they're lazy. Well, some of them... It's not like dogs. You know, dogs you take out, you throw a stick, and then the dog goes and picks it up and brings it back in. <laughs> you throw the ball again, and the dog goes and picks it up. A cat, you could stand there till God created another heaven and earth, and the cat wouldn't move. Throw the ball. Yeah, whatever. Would you like to go and chase the... No. Would you like... I'm going to have some food now. OK, right, so if you come back in... Would you like this? I'm not eating that. Not eating that. That's not very nice. Find me something else. OK, uh, would you want to try that? No, I'm not eating that either. I'll eat when I want to eat. Anyway, I'm going to sleep now. Don't bother waking me up forever. You know, what do you mean you've got kids coming round? Oh, God, i go and sleep in the shed. Dogs, at least they enter into the spirit of things. But there is a lovely feature in one of the papers today on why cats want to go and sleep in a, in a box and then poke out. I mean, I always thought for sort of Christmas... I know you spend a lot of money, and I know we've had Christmas, but it's, it's rapidly coming round again. And you spend ages looking around the shops to try and find an interesting toy for a cat, don't you? Whereas, in fact, really, a paper bag is quite enough. Open a paper bag and then tap your finger against the bottom. The cat will look in there and think, there's obviously something in there, but I can't sit. So it puts its paw in. Keep them entertained for hours. Very cheaply. Very cheaply. You don't need to spend too much money on cats. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. We'll try and uh, weave everything in for you this morning. Um... Uh, if, uh, if I had to interview Howard Jones, says Steve, I would struggle not to open the line, like to get to know you well. Yes, I'm, I'm not that cliched, though, I'm afraid. In fact, to be honest with you, uh, I think I've got so much more to... He's doing this, this show down at the O2, which is an experience. But I've been onto his uh, website, and you can buy his organ. He's got an organ for sale, complete with packing case. He'll write a tune for you, do all sorts of things. Seriously, he's learned how to market himself terribly well, terribly well. Uh, Trevor says... So, 
what Davy Boy Beckham is saying is that by the age of three, they've managed to twist Harpick's mind to judge people on looks. Well done there. Yes, yes, at the age of three. This is uh, David Beckham's latest little story that uh, Harper says, you know, uh, I love you, Daddy, but you're a bit too chubby. A three-year-old using the word chubby. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this gifted child has already learnt to sort of pick on people because of their size. I think she should be doing this programme. She'd have a field day with Gemma Collins. I like you, Gemma, but you're way too fat. You know, I mean, she, this, I mean at the age of three, where has she got it from? Hmm, let's have a think about that one, shall we? Uh, another one here says... Um, uh, I agree with you about Keith Lemon. If you think about it, he's probably as bitter as lemon squash. Yes, I don't, you know, I don't, I just don't think he's funny. But that, but thank God we're all entitled not to laugh at somebody, and he's the one we don't laugh at. I mean, I think about the only people who laugh at him are the person who produces the programme. I mean, it's just not funny. It's just not funny. But obviously somebody is persevering, you know, with Through the Keyhole, somebody is persevering with all the other programmes, and uh, perhaps he works cheap. I don't know, but I mean, I just don't think it's entertainment. If that's entertainment, dear God, give me give me the test card any day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's a story about John Terry in the papers, but I find him far too boring, so I've decided to leave that one. And um, uh, another one here. There's a, a man, a dying dad, saved by getting a cyclist heart that turned him into a bike nut. So one minute he's in bed, then they give him a, a new heart from a cyclist, and uh, next thing, he's out cycling. I love cyclists. I love when they go on the trains. I always think, should you not be cycling somewhere? Obviously, they can't manage all of it, can they, really? So they, uh, they actually try and do something. Sainsbury's have acts, uh, they have a little uh, online thing. Uh, rear of the year, male, female, most vain, things like that. And uh, so uh, they, they've had to axe it. I mean, they actually had something like uh, rear of the year in Sainsbury's. <laughs> Bit embarrassing, isn't it, for them? Um, as well as honouring top performers, the categories included male and female rear of the year, uh, sexiest male and female employees, also prizes for most vain worker, loudest... Oh, sorry. Loudest colleague. That was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? Um, sorry, loudest colleague. I've lost it. Uh, longest tea break and most blonde moments and pure banter. Store chiefs banned the ceremony for employees at Ely in Cambridgeshire. Can you imagine? I think it's hilarious. Staff were due to secretly vote by writing names on the Sainsbury's Ely Oscar Awards ballot slip. Good Lord. A Sainsbury's spokeswoman said the event was organised locally and was cancelled the moment colleagues realised that offence had been caused. We have uh, spoken to the store. Yeah, I bet you have. I bet you have. If this one hits the papers, we're all going to be in trouble. And uh, one employee's fiancé tweeted a promotional leaflet said, Does this leave a bad taste in your mouth too or have I lost my sense of humour? Well, you've lost your sense of humour. That's what it comes down to. We've become so politically correct. It's so dreary now. So, rear of the year. You know, so why not? They have it for everything else. They do it on the television as well. Manager of the year. You know, colleague of the year. Pure banter. Mr or Mrs know-it-all. There's always going to be somebody. I mean, I went the other day. I was a bit surprised, actually. I went into a chemist. It wasn't my, my chemist goods. I went into another chemist. It has to be said it was Boots. And it was in Kingston because I needed a part for my shaver. And they had lots of shaver parts there. And I'm, I'm holding my shaver part. And this bloke comes along and uh, he goes, uh, it's that one there. Literally just like that. He worked there, obviously. It wasn't just a perfect stranger talking to me, which has happened before. And uh, he said, it's that one there. And I went, oh, is it? He said, yes. And he gave it to me and I said, oh, that's good. I was quite impressed, actually, that somebody actually knew. Because otherwise, you know, people do the same as you. They go, you, you say, is, is this one suitable for that? And they pick up the box and look at it. I thought, well, I can do that. I can pick up a box and look at it. But he actually knew which part it was straight away. He went, this one here. I said, oh, great. 
<laughs> really impressed. I like people like that. I mean, I just thought it was, uh, I just thought it was very sort of clever. They actually knew the stock. Uh, Joey Essex had a bust up with Mike Tyndall. Uh, as if anybody cares. As if anybody cares. I mean, two boring people. And uh, Joey, very far from Essex mentally. Uh, he says ream a lot, but nobody in Essex ever says ream. It was a word that they gave him to say. So it, because it's just, they, they make it out as if there's some new language down in Brentwood. I promise you there isn't. Nobody ever says ream. The only, the only thing there is in, in Brentwood, with apologies to the people who live in Brentwood, is an influx of old tarts who come in from outside who can't string together two words. And those they put on the television and those they start believing. It was the other day I was watching, it must have been an old Made in Chelsea programme. I quite like the Made in Chelsea programme. As I've said before, they're exactly the same as the girls from Essex, it's just they speak better before they take their men into the bedroom. And there was Louise Thompson, who appears to have been, uh, been in relations with quite a number of people, ladies and gentlemen. So I sort of, I went off, uh, went off her completely. You know, she, well, I don't, I don't know you so well, and I, you know, this and all the rest of it, and I'm so out of love now with Spencer and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have seen the new girl, David, on Eggheads, who's taken the place of... Daphne, who's retired. It, 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 it MI5. And, um, yes, uh, I, I have seen her. She's quite old, isn't she, really? Is she any good? I wish they'd they change. I, I can cope with CJ Amui. I can just about cope with him. It's the other bloke on there who just never smiles. He's the most, bo- most boring man under the sun. I don't know why he's boring. Uh, Palm says, I can't wait to read your book. Will you be selling signed copies? Um... I don't think so, but if, if we have sort of an event whereby I'm going to be there and you bring them along, of course I'll be more than happy to sign them. Did I mention I had a book out? <laughs> Did I mention it was something to do with celebrities? Did I mention there's a whole pile sitting out there in the office and I'm debating whether or not I'm allowed to take them? I don't know. Everybody else has taken their books or they've vanished and mine are still sitting there, so I'm, I'm slightly perturbed by that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if the bus drivers are jealous after other bus companies pay more, go and apply to work there, says Simon. Let's fire all the drivers who go on strike and see how they like being unemployed and let's hire new drivers who I'm sure will be glad of the work and to earn whatever they get paid. I don't know what bus drivers earn. I really don't know. I just know that you need to go to the LBC website if you need to know how it's going to affect you because it will be affecting you. It will be affecting you. If you take a bus today, I believe there's more more support for it, but I don't know what a bus driver would earn. Somebody would have to tell me that. I can protect your anonymity. Um... And uh, it's the uh, it's the tube drivers. Can't they earn? I mean, seriously, if they do some overtime, you can pick up 60 grand apparently quite easily, quite easily. 60 grand. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot co dot uk. And uh, another one here says, I think that Philip and Christine are previewing Lemon's show today on this morning. Right. Would that be Philip and Christine who did uh, Bondage the other day? So tacky and tarty, I'm afraid. Really, a little bit unnecessary. And, of course, the Christine laughing and think it's funny. Almost a bit childlike, I'm afraid. But, of course, they'll put him on there because I believe that he features in some of the sketches. And then the other worst thing is Anton Deck. And you know that they, they've got a programme coming out. They're, they're pre-recording stuff at the moment with a lot of deadbeat celebrities. One of them, ladies and gentlemen, is White D. White D, who had a go at Stephen Mulhern. You won't find a nicer man in the business. White D, a woman with no discernible talent, apart from the fact she was sponging and claiming benefits for God knows how long. Now, apparently, she's got a job in show business. Hopefully it'll finish very shortly, because uh, I, for one, am absolutely sick of her. Damien's a van driver. He said, for me, the bus drivers can have their strikes every day. Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that every day. I don't even know what they're striking over. I've got no idea. No idea what they're striking over. Tesco is selling David Beckham's deodorant at half price. Shall I wait for a special offer, says Dean? Um, 
Yes, I, d- I don't know, actually. I haven't been in Tesco's for a, l- for a little while. I don't mind going to Tesco. I don't have a problem with Tesco. It's just that you, as a, as a nation, appear to have fallen out of love with them, and you're now going to Aldi and all the other places. Bit of a worry, isn't it? LBC News time for you. I know you worry about these things, so let's be accurate for you. It's quarter past five. Leading Britain's conversation. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. This morning from seven on LBC. On being Thursday, of course, the Deputy Prime Minister, Nick Clegg, will be taking your calls with Nick Ferrari for another edition of Call Clegg. And a mum of six will be sterilised, so say our courts. Learning disabilities mean that she and her children are at risk if she has another child. Is it right? Should our legal system be allowed to sterilise people? And Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder, is still in the Ecuadorian embassy. That's 959 days after he went in. We can now exclusively reveal on LBC that it's now cost you, the British taxpayer, £10 million to police his stay. Why don't they just take the police away? Let him stay in there. He can stay there as long as he likes. We'll hear from a friend and colleague at WikiLeaks. Look at the papers today. Hannah Tallett, the Sky News presenter, will be in with Nick Ferrari. That's all after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Uh, Charlie is uh, up early this morning feeding. Everybody looking at the uh, at audience figures, because if we're in radio, it's audience figures days. And... Um, and Chris says, uh, hearing about Eleanor Notes, uh, Eleanor Notes, well, she was doing notes yesterday, Eleanor Notes and her, uh, her, let it go, let it go. I think we should have a choir formed at LBC, so much easier. Uh, Joey says, the new bus drivers at my company are on £9.30 an hour. £9.30 an hour. They stay on a lower rate for eight years before rising to senior. When I started, I was on £10 an hour and only had to wait four years to go to senior rate. My God. So ten pounds an hour. So I don't know what senior. So so what's what's senior rate? I mean, how much? Let's put it down into hard basic facts. How much money can a bus driver earn, assuming that he does, you know, an average amount of overtime? Because most people do overtime, don't they? You know, what what would what would a you know now that we know that a tube driver can pick up you know sixty five thousand a year? How much would a how much would a bus driver earn? Mind you, how much would a black cab driver earn? How much would a would an Uber driver earn? I'd like to know what everybody roughly earns. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Black cab driver, I would think, 50 to 60, if not more. Uh, tube driver, 60, 65. Don't you have to know the route, do you? Just sort of follow coloured lights. I never see jobs advertised on the tube. You know, people, would you like to be a tube driver? You see people, you know, advertising all sorts of other jobs, but nothing, nothing like in, in the way of driving. I looked at train driving the other day, and I thought to myself... You know, I mean, do, do they advertise or do you just put yourself forward and then you sort of go out there and you have a little practice driving up and down a line and then they go, right, you could take a train out now. Because I quite fancy because they seem to have loads of paperwork with them. Loads of paperwork. You see the, the train drivers, I'm at Waterloo, going down there. They've got big bags with them. And the, I mean, what is in there? I'm assuming it was their breakfast. I, don't, I can't imagine there's much paperwork to fill in. You take a train out, you take it from here to there. At least they do the run. I'm assuming they do the run, because every time I get on a 281 bus in Twickenham, where I live, to go to Kingston, we seem to change bus drivers halfway round. I thought they've only come from down the road. Why do they change bus drivers? So you sit there while somebody has to get out, key themselves in. Oh, God, it's a nightmare. Really, really drives you mad. You know, why can't they just do the whole thing? Apparently, us bus drivers earn from 22,200 to 32. That's why the uh, union is on strike. What, 32... People are earning more than 32 grand a year on the buses. They've got to be. They've got to be. But everybody gets paid different for doing the same job. Police in different parts of London get paid the same. Why not us? I don't know. You're not police officers. That's why. 
I mean, how long does it train? You know, how long do you have to train to be a bus driver? Presumably, you just I've seen them out around my way because we've got a big bus garage. And, and they take people out there. There's about six people sitting on there and somebody's driving the bus. We've got loads of women driving. Some of them are very short-tempered. Some of the women round our way. Oh, blimey. Obscenities. What? Cocoa. I, t- I couldn't believe it. Uh, Starbucks have reported the first ever UK profit... Uh, branded immoral by MPs for using a host of schemes that effectively take money out of the UK and overseas. So what they could do is notch, notch up losses, avoiding the need to pay corporation tax, despite reporting years of bumper sales. I mean, you remember, I think, on one of them, I think they had combined sales of £3 billion and they paid just £8.6 million. On three point On £3 billion. Pounds. It's amazing, really. So what, what, what they've actually just paid is 232000 uh, which is not bad, is it? They've also paid £11.2 million in corporation tax, but that goes back three years uh, when they had to pay £20 million faced with this consumer backlash. But it makes no difference to them. They, I mean, these people, they couldn't care less. They quite clearly couldn't care less. And mind you, in our, in our Starbucks, I tell you what I hate in Starbucks... And I have a Starbucks card, so I have a vested interest as far as I'm concerned. I'm very good at things like that. They keep changing the staff. You know, one minute you've got the old staff and you get used to them. The next minute (coughs) you go in there and you've got staff who don't know. So for ages you've been having somebody, they walk in and they know your drink. They know your name, they know your drink. And now all of a sudden you've got new staff and you have to start all over again. Why do they keep doing that? You know, the whole idea is you build up customer loyalty. We went in yesterday. The girl on the till in Twickenham, such an attitude, I can't tell you. I've never seen such an attitude in my life. And then she, and then she glared at me from behind the till. Glared at me. Really ridiculous, because it didn't show the price on the till. So she said, yeah, swipe card. And that was about as good as it got. And, uh, and so I said, but I can't see the price up on here. I see the price. I thought, have you remembered who the customer is? Have you remembered? You know, customer is king. Without customers, you close down. Out, go home. Simple as that. Go back to where you came from. Hounslow mainly, I think. But uh, they keep changing the staff. Don't change the staff. Drives me mad, please. Don't want the staff changed. We like the old people. Don't like this one. This woman's definitely got attitude. You can imagine back back where she came from. I should imagine they must be going, oh, God, Brunhilde's on today. Um, recently, I was clearing, said Sharon, uh, 4.40 a week. I've gone back to Sainsbury's. Not so stressful. Really? Blimey, are you surprised me? I thought Sainsbury's would be very stressful. Especially if you... Have you been named Rear of the Year? If you've been named Rear of the Year, you're probably not as, as stressed as you think you are because at least somebody's noticed it. But I suppose if it's that big, they're going to see it anyway, aren't they? Uh, 5.25. Uh, Islamic State yesterday issued a video showing crowds celebrating this pilot's murder in the cage and one boy enjoying the video. Perhaps he thought it was a film. Perhaps he was a bit simple. Perhaps he's a bit thick. Um, and so they actually showed this four-minute video as he goes up in flames, the crowd can be heard cheering and shouting religious slogans. What a bunch of degenerates, ladies and gentlemen. What a bunch of degenerates. It's pathetic, really pathetic. Fox News has been criticised for featuring the unedited video of his death on their website. What in God's name are they thinking of? What in God's name are they thinking of? It's ridiculous. I mean, this uh, video is filmed in a documentary style. And there's a young boy who smiles and talks passionately about the killing. You know, from an early age, they're, they're, uh, they're indoctrinated into this. You know? Won't be so happy when his head's blown off by somebody, will he? But there again, you know, probably makes them happy. Perhaps they think they go to a better place. Cure for the common cold. Go oh, every year. Come on, everybody. Oh, I feel awful. I feel awful. Uh, pff, uh, pff, germs everywhere. Ghastly. Modern medicine discovered penicillin, mapped the human uh, genome, and all but eradicated polio. But despite in 
huge amounts of money being invested. We cannot cure the common cold. And that's why the shelves of the chemists are groaning with about... I mean, I've lost track of how many different cough mixtures I've tried over the years. Now, because I'm diabetic, it's got to be a sugar-free one. And I've tried this. My favourite tablets out of all of them, and I've tried everything, were Benelin day and night tablets, provided you follow the course. It's the, for me, it worked. might not work for anybody else, but it worked for me. So that's the one. Then they stopped making them. Now they've come back again, so I keep buying up. You know, just to make sure if I do get a cold, because uh, cold, no work, no work, no money. I'm far too tight, far too mean. You know, I want to come into work. It's as simple as that. So now they say they've cracked the code, the one that lets the virus multiply. Because it doesn't, you can always tell when you're getting a cold, can't you? In my case, my glands start swelling either side of my, uh, just underneath my ears. And I can feel it and I think, oh no, not a cold. I've had the flu jab. It can be quite dangerous for, for diabetics to get colds and stuff like that. But we do spend a lot of money. I've had cough mixture. I've tried this. I've tried that. There's nothing that works because there is no cure. If there was a cure, there'd just be one thing on sale. They'd go, forget everything else. This is the one. You take this tablet in the morning, one at night. It'd be gone by tomorrow. Hallelujah. That's, that's what we want, isn't it? That's what we want. But uh, that's why. It's like making a light bulb that lasts forever. If they did, so many other light bulbs would just be redundant. You have just to get rid of them and go, listen, you only want this light bulb. It's like diets. If a diet ever worked, you'd just be one diet. There's thousands of diets. Thousands of, of cures for the cold. You know, take this. And we've seen adverts on the television. Oh, mum, I don't feel at all well. Take this. You know, try something with lemon. Try something with honey. Try anything. Spend money. And they're not cheap. They're not cheap, any of these things. But we take them because we want to feel better. In my day, all we had was Beecham's powders which you emptied into a glass. It came in a little sort of bit of paper and you sort of emptied it into a glass, a little bit of water and you swallowed that down. And then if you were really sick, your mum would give you some hot milk and... Hot milk? Some hot milk and whiskey. What's hot milk? I wonder what that is. I don't know. Oh, nay, nay, Mr Wilkes. Uh, so they used to give you... Well, not they and my mother. Um, hot milk with some whiskey in it and a little bit of sugar. And do you know, that was quite good, actually. So I became an alcoholic at a fairly early age in our house and I never even drank. I never looked at it as drinking. Yesterday they had a man on because Sam Pittis was talking about um, cannabis. And you can always find people overnight in London and around the country who do cannabis and come on and they all talk like this, like they've got a permanent cold and it doesn't do me any harm at all and I feel a lot better about the pretty colours and things like that and it makes me more aware. And there was one man who came on yesterday and I make no excuse for repeating this story. He said he'd never smoked cigarettes but he smoked joints. And I thought, well, what do you think's in a joint? It's, it's tobacco, isn't it? Don't you put tobacco in there and then you sprinkle on whatever it is. You don't just, you don't have neat marijuana, do you? Can you? Oh, Lord. Oh, well, there you go. Producer knows more about this than I do. Mind you, I've been floating around on the ceiling for the last couple of days with a feather duster. He's been to the Super Bowl. God knows. Thank God he's never mentioned it once. I really couldn't bear it. I kept seeing all these things. He, was, he kept sending pictures back of stadiums. He was so far away, he was watching it on the television. You know, he's at the top of these huge... And I thought, please, God, don't come in this morning and start talking about the Super Because I tried to get the flight stopped. I tried to get him stopped from going out there because I knew how bad it was going to be. But the, the friends I had in customs have moved on. Exactly. And then I thought, no, let him go out there. Let him come back, you know, having seen, you know, Katy Perry doing her thing and this sort of team of footballers. Every five minutes they seem to have a break and everybody sits down and has a sandwich and a cup of coffee. And then they go and play. It was so dull. He was out there with somebody else, actually. Jake Robson was out there as well. Did you know Jake was out there? He was in the same stadium as you. Do they only have the one Super Bowl, or is it a tape? Oh, right, all in the same state. He's, he also tweeted pictures back uh, of, um, of this. It looks so dull. Seriously, honestly, I, I couldn't have been less excited 
by anything at all. Uh, the shame of the grooming cover-up is in the Daily Mail today. And uh, the woman who says I was branded a racist for exposing the truth. We'll come round to more of that in a moment. It's LBC. Time now, 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, the 5th of February. So uh, now that the uh, the council over there in Rotherham are all quitting, they reckon there's going to be uh, some people who are going to be going to prison over this. There's all sorts of corruption that's gone on for ages and ages. And in fact, uh, the lady who said, when I exposed the truth, I was branded a, a racist, says the fear of being branded racist turned the issue of child grooming by predominantly Pakistani men into a, t- a, t- a taboo subject, which paralysed the council and the police into inaction. They did nothing. They did Nothing. 1,400 girls were abused by these men, some of whom have gone to prison. There's more that are going to be heading that way very quickly. The council officials were so worried about being seen as racist that they overcompensated in their dealings. A former employee told the inspection team they were, in, they were obsessed with not doing anything that might be deemed offensive. What, while these paedophiles were out there? That's OK, is it? That's OK. Apparently so in Rotherham. So now the Whitehall hit squad have taken over the town hall. They're all out and there will be prosecutions because um, there's all sorts of corruption going on here within the police as well in Rotherham and on the council. One of the victims says nobody took me seriously. This is exactly the same, exactly the same as that huge scandal in that Catholic school in Canada where they made a film about it. And for years in this uh, this Catholic school, uh, the boys were being abused by uh, some of the uh, the people in there who were duty-bound to look after them. And it went on for years. It was the biggest scandal in Canada's history. The biggest scandal. And uh, some of the boys uh, went forward to the police to make accusations and they were just dismissed. Dismissed. It's exactly the same as in Rotherham. They didn't want to upset the Catholic Church. But uh, then, if you saw the film, and I think they showed it on television only a short while ago, they suddenly realised that this, this was true. This was actually happening. And so there was one detective who made it his job to try and uncover what was going on and did no help from the Catholic Church whatsoever. Over in Rotherham, the council was so, was so worried about upsetting the Pakistani community that they didn't do anything and the police didn't do anything either. So these girls were being systematically abused, passed around the country, given drugs and everything else. I mean, why we never brought back hanging for these paedophiles is totally unbelievable. You know, no arrests, no charges. Evidence is still being lost. One of them said the men who abused her were still free and had faced no legal action for the crime. They will face legal action, Gemma, don't worry. They will. It's just a bit slow because the police appear to have lost a lot of evidence. But uh, come forward, name names, that's what happens. She said, um, you know, he was 22, one of these people here. His name's Umar Razak. He plied her with cigarettes and alcohol. Then she started to meet him and he treated her well. And then eventually she was raped. And then she was passed around five of his friends. He's a pervert. No two ways about it. Absolutely no two ways about it. And nothing was done about it. The cynical councillors, we should see prison sentences there. And the report has now said they systematically hid the truth. It's unbelievable. But uh, Sue Reid said, you know, I mean, how could you be branded racist for telling the truth? Uh, Michael Burley's done a, a feature today on uh, the murdered uh, Jordanian fighter pilot burnt to death by ISIS. He says they may be medieval barbarians, but ISIS are playing a very sophisticated game and they're winning. They are winning. It's as simple as that. Where else could you end up doing this? We've got no idea what mental state they're in. Probably quite uh, quite uh, incapacitated in many of the cases when they show the films out on the street and people clap and cheer and everything else. They're very sophisticated 
um, documentaries. They're very sophisticated, the videos that are produced, which means that the people who produce them are from the West, probably from this country. Probably. Because uh, members of ISIS, they wouldn't have the faintest idea how to even shoot a video camera. So these things look very sophisticated, almost, as they said the other day, like a Hollywood blockbuster. That's how they're shot. I think the execution of the man who was burnt to death, the Jordanian pilot, was shot by four cameras. So they capture it from every angle and put it together very sophisticatedly. But they think it didn't happen the other day. They think it probably happened back in, in January. The other pictures and the story which we did yesterday on LBC was the taxi in Taipei as this, this aeroplane falls out of the sky and comes over and then turns sideways. And you hear somebody going, oh, my God, 26 people dead after it clipped the taxi and crashes into the river. It just fell out of the sky. Uh, the second time it's happened... It's a French-Italian-built plane, only just taken off from uh, Taipei's uh, Sungshan Airport in Taiwan. Within minutes of the crash, the battle began to free the survivors. So I think roughly half died and half managed to get out. And uh, those ones must be must be thanking the Lord, I should imagine. Fly-tipping is surging. There's a surprise. I wonder who fly-tips, ladies and gentlemen. All sorts of people fly-tip, but now it's risen by a fifth to cut uh, rubbish rounds. Councils dealt with 852,000 reports of waste being dumped by roads. That'll be somebody turning up at your doorstep saying, I'll get rid of that for you, putting it on a flatbed truck, taking it out there. I've seen them doing it on the streets. I told you the story of Chiswick next to my accountant, where they started dumping it, then they saw me standing there watching them. And they immediately put it all back on their flatbed truck. This went back. It was a man with a very strong Irish accent. I don't know why. I don't know too many Irish people around there, but I was born on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, he said, don't worry, mate, we'll go and dump it somewhere else. I thought it was quite sweet of him. I thought, oh, good. That's nice. And uh, now it's all up. 140,000 up on last year. 20% increase as the bin collections are cut. What a load of old codswallow. It's nothing to do with the bin collections. It's people who can't be bothered to go down the council dump and take it themselves. So I'd rather give somebody 10 quid with a flatbed truck or go and dump it. Why don't you think all the farmers everywhere... Go out into the countryside, they've got big metal blocks and big concrete blocks to stop people getting into their field to start dumping stuff. And they dump it all over the place. I know where I'd like to dump it, but that's just me. Uh, The BBC have signed a deal with Lego. I thought I'd seen this before. I wasn't sure about this, actually. Uh, Perhaps I've I've just seen a Lego Darth Vader and I've seen Lego uh, Les Miserables cars. So now they're going to do it for Doctor Who. Because apparently there's a load of Doctor Who toy deals... They've got uh, all sorts of things. However, the partnership with Lego, they say, could go around the globe. There's just something about Lego, isn't it, which makes me smile. When I see these things on YouTube, I shouldn't smile, but it it does make me laugh. And uh, so they, they, they reckon, actually, that before the end of the year, the Doctor Who sets will be out there. I'm, I'm almost sorely tempted to say I might have to go and buy one. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Jim says, I'm a trained driver. The training for drivers is about 10 months with exams on all the rules after passing several ability assessments for concentration and mechanical comprehension. Well, you have to build the things as well now, do you? Good God in heaven. If you were on a crowded commuter train, it broke down. Who would you rather manage the situation, me or an ex-bricklayer? Well, I don't know. I don't know you. You never know the train. And the train drivers never introduce themselves. I've got no idea. I don't know how long people people train for. and uh, Or a Brit, an ex-Bricklow has only been doing the job two weeks. Well, presumably, if he's been doing it two weeks, he's obviously been trained in everything. So I'm assuming that that should be OK. I'm assuming. I mean, what are you saying? You're saying the longer somebody's doing it, the better they are. So in other words, somebody who's just taken... I mean, perhaps we should be told when we get on trains now, according to this one, Jim... You know, I'm, I'm your train driver today. My name is uh, Jim Bob, and I've been doing it a week. 
That's like getting on an aeroplane and going, this is your uh, pilot speaking. I've never flown a plane before. It's so exciting. OK, shall we all breathe together? You know, it's like uh, we, we, we did a survey some years ago, finding out whether or not people would actually get off a plane if the pilot came on and turned out to be a woman. And there are certain people, believe it or not, out there who would actually get off a plane if the pilot was a woman. I've seen it on the, on the documentaries, on the television. One of them, it was one of those holiday things, and the pilot was a woman, and uh, some of the men who'd been drinking on the plane... And, uh, and they said, well, we never thought we were actually going to get here. And she went, mm. She was obviously thinking, God, you're as thick as you look. Very embarrassing. Uh, 84850, every bus company pays the drivers a different rate, says uh, Rusty and Finchley. The bus drivers on my local route are on 36 grand a year, but they work stupid hours with breaks of up to five hours. Start at six and don't finish till five. Start at six and finish at six, really? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, one, two, three, four, five. What, 11 hours a day? Don't be so ridiculous. They can't be doing that. I mean, if you're doing something like that, you go and move to another bus company, wouldn't you? 11 hours a day. And they get breaks of up to five hours. What's it? Right, well, go home. Stay in bed. That's the only point of it. Either way, it's, uh, it's on the LBC website. And uh, you can find out just how it's going to, uh, going to affect you. Uh, Steve, I always mentioned it to staff in shops when the amount of one's bill does not appear on the till, as it's illegal for it not to be shown... Staff are not happy to have it pointed out. Oh, this woman stood there and stood her ground in Starbucks yesterday. She said, I'd like to swipe your card. I said, uh, I said, I can't, it's not written on the till, it just says Starbucks. I can see it. She became quite aggressive, quite aggressive. Small shops hide the display with stacks of sweets and chewing gum. I'm always suspicious of the practice. I wasn't suspicious of the practice. I just wanted to see what it said for my cup of coffee. That's all I, that's all I wanted. But uh, she was so aggressive... And, of course, because it's on my phone, I don't need a receipt. I don't want another piece of stupid paper, because it's gone on the phone. It shows me exactly how much money I've got on there. In fact, if I check it now, I can find out how much I've got available. But, uh, to be honest with you, she's kind of put me off going in there. I might have to go to somewhere else. I don't like aggressive people working on the till in Starbucks. So I've got £57 credit on my phone. If ever I have a little, you know, couple of quid, then I, I stick it on there, and then it's, uh, and then it's there. So I've, I've got it in case I need... A cup of coffee. We do become addicted by cups of coffee, don't we? We really do. Um, Ken Dodd is in all the papers today. I don't know how old Ken... Oh, he's 87. Ken Dodd is 87. Good grief. Still doing the act. He's the first to admit he ignored le- uh, ignores letters from the tax office. You'll have to check him out on Google to find out how that story is relevant. But uh, he was at an awards ceremony this week. He said, I, I would like a knighthood. And uh, he says, you wait for the call. If you get it, you get it. No harm done. Do you get a phone call or do they send you a letter? He does have an OBE. And um, that was in 1982 for services to show business and charity. Because that's what they actually give it to you. But uh, very interesting. Ronnie Corbett, who's 84. Ronnie Corbett is 84 and he questions why so many talented entertainers have never been given knighthoods. He says Ronnie Barker should have been honoured and singled out Tommy Cooper saying there are many who didn't live to receive one. So they've got lots of people. I mean, all sorts of people at the Oldie of the Year Awards. I mean, winners included Michael Burke, who picked up the Jungle Survivor of the Year Award, and Lord Faulkner, who was named Slimmer of the Year. God in heaven. Other veteran entertainers have previously criticised a lack of recognition for their profession. I I suppose, really, it's like, you know, you do a job and you get very well paid for it, and Brucey has probably made more money in the past five to ten years than he did in his career before because of a resurgence in in Bruce. He was always good, he was always working, but uh, I think the Strictly programme gave him more money than he ever imagined, and so that was good. And that's why I think Bruno Tonioli is right when he says to people on the programme, don't complain about the money, it's giving you a platform 
you know, prime time on the television to go out there and do something else. It's like a lot of people in radio go on to television. Whereas, in fact, really, as far as I'm concerned, if you've, if you've got a job, you give 100% to that job. If you're trying to split yourself between this, 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 this and this because you're more interested in doing it, well, go and do that. Don't do this. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, the 5th of February. It's 10 to 6. If you're uh, leaving for work early, you should be, because if you rely on buses, then there might not be as many out there, although it's Stratford bus station. Some buses are running. Somebody says, here's me on my bus, the N86. He's called Alistair. And he reckons that the 104, the 158, the 238 and the 473 are running. So there you go. Not everybody wants to do a strike. You don't have to. It's, uh, you know, should be allowed to do things like that wherever you do it. Uh, Jan uh, says, uh, oh, yes, your, uh, your item has been bought. There. So you want to be a celebrity. It's quite nice, isn't it? Oh, that's very good value, isn't it, there? Very good value. <laughs> Obviously, some people are saving money. And so it, uh, it should be out for delivery. So should get it very, very quickly. Lovely. So uh, good luck there. Uh, oh, I've now done this wrong again. Wait a minute. Let me just push my little button here. I was just looking at a horrible story that's in a lot of the, uh, the papers for today. And it's a story of a dancer who fell uh, eight floors to her death. Uh, after her fiancé postponed the wedding. And I thought, how terrible. She's a former beauty queen. Her name was uh, Shakara Taylor. And she was in a Caribbean hotel. And uh, then her fiancé postponed their wedding. I don't know why. I've got no idea at all. Uh, She's 31. She was distraught. Uh, Her marriage was delayed by the love of her life. And a few weeks later, she plunged from the roof of the eight-storey hotel. Uh, She met her millionaire fiancé, David, in a hometown of Blackpool, when she worked as a call handler at his telephone sales company. She'd been gala queen and performed in a Spice Girls tribute act, the Naughty But Nice Girls. Anyway, so it goes on. And so you think to yourself, well, that's terrible. You know, she, she's so depressed uh, after her, her marriage collapsed and uh, it was called off. She was very happy. And, uh, and then it all went wrong. It turns out afterwards that, in fact, she was, <coughs> excuse me, bipolar. Not only that, but she twice attempted suicide. In her medical history, it shows a history of mental illness, including a period of residential psychiatric care. So this just, just, just wasn't a case of somebody who'd been jilted and uh, she got depressed then. She had a history of, of mental illness. Also, she had an eating disorder, alcohol and drug abuse. I mean, terrible, really terrible really that something like this can happen and, and again she's out there and she's bipolar and she's got a history of uh, psychiatric care and nobody's done anything about it nobody perhaps she kept it hidden from people but she was so upset you know by the uh, by the wedding being called off that uh, that that was it good news from norway norvege yes good news what have they done they've done something we need to do here giving aid to beggars and the homeless is set to become a criminal offense in other words anybody sits by the side of the road and we get them all over the place Romanians, British, every, just about every colour, every creed sitting by cash points, sometimes in the middle of nowhere, just sitting there, generally with a dog or sort of their little belongings in a little thing, you know, ma- making you believe that they are living on the streets, whereas in fact most of them aren't. Anyway, under this proposed new law in Norway, it'll become illegal to ask for money or help on the country's streets. They uh, state that those offering money, food or shelter to beggars will face up to a year in prison. <sighs> wow, they're not messing around in Norway, are they? We went to, uh, I went to Sweden once, and they have a, a law there, do not tip taxi drivers. You get, a, you get um, a car from the airport, a taxi, and it says in there, do not tip the, ta- the, the driver. The trouble is, because we're, we're British, 
we're so used to everybody holding their hand out for something that you assume that you've got to tip everybody. And so we tip taxi drivers. But they specifically say, do not tip them. The right-wing justice minister in Norway, Vidar Brien Karasen, said the law was needed to outlaws those running begging networks. You want to come here, mate? We've got loads of begging networks here. He says we need to give the police authority to crack down on people who arrange for beggars to get here, often in large groups. Well, we've got them here. And they hold their hands out and they're up to all sorts of scams. Some of them quite sophisticated. We have murderers, paedophiles, rapists. They're all allowed in. And, uh, and then we can't get rid of them again. We're kind of stuck with them. But the begging problem is a bit, of a, a bit of a pain, really. You know, it's cold and they're sitting there and you think, oh, they've got nowhere to go. Most of them have places to go. That's the trouble. And it's separating, isn't it? It's, it's separating who is genuine and who isn't. And that you can't do. So to save any worrying about it, I'll just don't give to anybody. Much, much easier. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in. Uh, coming up to the news at six very, very shortly. Christine says, I always say thank you to the driver when I get off the bus. Some drivers are lovely, others are just grumpy. I was on a bus the other day, actually, in Twickenham, and it was a woman. And I've been on the bus with her before. She's got spectacles. She's quite aggressive. She shouts obscenities at drivers and beep, 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 beep. I mean, seriously, I mean, she's a, she's a kamikaze bus driver. And uh, get out of the way, get out of the way. Very aggressive. Uh, I now leave a shop if the assistants are cheeky or ignore me. My money's good anywhere, says Christine. Took me a long time to realise it. I'm telling you, customer is king. Customer is king, as Tesco are discovering. They don't know where they've gone wrong. I don't know where they've gone wrong, but quite clearly, you're falling out of love with Tesco, so they're closing places. Aldi are opening up another 70. Another 70. City Street says, uh, Chris, here, full of dumped furniture. Hor- horrible mess. You know, still, you're right, actually. I saw a Christmas tree the other day dumped by the side of the road. Who seriously has still got a Christmas tree? You know, it's amazing, actually. Um, Lynn says, it does put you off having, uh, you know, ill-mannered shop assistants. It's just rudeness. It's just rudeness. I'd like to be the secret customer. Where you go in and you go, blooming appalling. Blooming appalling, you know, get rid of these people. Give, give the job to somebody who knows how to do it and who can be pleasant. This woman in Starbucks, chip on her shoulder. But unfortunately, I would explain chip on her shoulder and she wouldn't understand it at all. Um, another one here. When you're in the off-licence, you want to pay by card. They all say they have to charge you 50p or 70p. For what? Well, don't pay by card, pay by cash. I've never heard of people charge you an extra, unless they're actually charged. I think on, on American Express, they used to say uh, that... Um, because you could spend a lot of money, they used to have to wait longer for it. And they used to say, have you got another card? And apparently you used to have to inform American Express if that had happened to you in any shops. But as I don't have an American Express card anymore, it makes no difference. Pete says, there's a nice little surprise when I got up yesterday. A £10,000 win on the premium bonds. It's always good, isn't it? Makes my million look a bit silly, doesn't it, I suppose? Um, also, we, we've seen themselves... Uh, the East European men breaking in and helping themselves to the charity boxes in Swiss Cottage in the early hours. Happens round our way all the time. People leave stuff outside charity shops because you can't park there during the daytime, so they have to leave it there when it's, when it's out of parking. And, um, and then p- people come along and steal it. And the charity shops have put notices up in the window saying, don't leave stuff outside because somebody will take it. Quite clearly, people can, you know, they, they've driven that far at 11 o'clock at night. What they're going to do is just dump the stuff out. They couldn't care less. They're not really that interested whether it goes to the charity shop. Somebody else takes it. Fair enough. You know, I've seen loads of people thieving from outside charity shops. Used to be a husband and wife. Lived in Hounslow. I, I know that because I followed them back one time thinking, I'd love to know where you live. And they were, they were going to car boot sales. 
So on the uh, the week before the car boot, they would be out. So I used to see them all the time. And uh, he would he would drop her off outside the shop. He would then drive away. She would look through all the stuff outside the shop. Then she'd wave at him. He'd whiz the car round. She'd have it on the pavement in the back of the car and off they went. So I followed them back to Hounslow. They were doing car boot sales, which have started again. God, car boot sales. We couldn't go through the stress of that at all. CJ says, we do have a big problem with customer service in some places. It's all down to how the staff are treated by the company. If the staff are treated well, the happy mood will quickly be detected by the customers. Absolutely. But all the other girls in Starbucks are fine. This one's just got the attitude. And you know, you feel like saying to her, I own the company. You're the wrong person for us. Thank you very much indeed. Goodbye. You know, go away. <laughs> it's just it's too ridiculous. Too ridiculous for words, isn't it? But uh, I think a little bit of politeness always always goes down well. You know, when you get off a bus, you go, thanks. Sometimes I've done it. Thank you. Whether they appreciate it, I've got no idea, but I feel better having said it. Don't do it all the time. Don't do it all the time. I don't have a conversation with them. Just sort of say, you know, thank you. But uh, the driver we had this morning, you know, but yesterday the bus driver was very good. Very good. We sort of, we whizzed in at the right time. This morning, the, uh, the car driver I've had before, who sort of is on the accelerator, off the accelerator, on the accelerator, off the accelerator. <laughs> you could literally work it out. We sort of on and off and off and on. And uh, the, the, the white line down the middle of the road. I mean, that was hilarious. Uh, Alan says, the reason the bus drivers change over is because of department transport laws on driver's hours. You must have a break. Also applies to HGV lorry drivers to avoid accidents by driver fatigue. You can be arrested and prosecuted if you fail to have a break. If they can find you, you don't think the police have got better things to do than start worrying about that. Take away the first and last letters of the Tesco slogan, Every Little Helps, and it describes the customer service perfectly. Little. <laughs> I thought they were OK. I thought they were OK. I wouldn't have a problem with something like that. But uh, I don't know what it is. You've fallen out of love. And once you fall out of love, it's very difficult, as Gerald Ratner tried to uh, get away with. It didn't work for him either, did it? So perhaps Tesco's are having the same problem. Shelved the plans to have their new stores. They've done all sorts of things. And still, you're not interested. Coming up to the news at six o'clock, it's LBC. Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's also Call Clegg today with Nick Ferrari. It's Thursday, the 5th of February. Uh, Rotherham Council fired. The shame of the cover-up there. There will be court cases. Uh, Starbucks have made their first UK profit. I think we did raise flags on that one. The crackdown on the foreign patients avoid abusing the NHS. About £400 million a year. £400 million a year. Hate crimes against Jews double in a year. The food that can improve your sight. The online trolls who send death threats, this time to Keith Lemon. The marijuana vending machine in America... And uh, a new medal for bravery awarded to volunteers fighting Ebola. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Thursday, the 5th of February. It's LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And it's called Clegg with Nick Ferrari. So you can put your questions to the Deputy Prime Minister a little bit later on. At last, the crackdown on foreign patients abusing the NHS. No longer will they just be able to turn up and check into A&E and have uh, heart surgery and babies and everything else. They'll have to prove that they've got a card and you'll need to start handing over details. So... We're not going to just start giving it away. £400 million a year we're spending on this at the moment. Uh, Rotherham Council's been fired. The shame of the cover-up there, which has gone on for donkey's years. There will be court cases. There will be people found guilty. The cure for the common cold comes a step nearer. All of that and your stressed pussycats on LBC.
Why do they curl up in a box? I suppose it's security. We shall find out uh, this morning. Uh, the food that improves your eyesight. And poor Prince Charles bumped into Louis Walsh. <laughs> Looked as bemused as, uh, as always. Nice to have your company. We take all your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk. Lots of pictures of that plane and that, that fantastic uh, piece of footage of somebody who's obviously in a car as this plane came over. And at such speed. Such speed. 26 people died. The taxi driver had a really lucky escape. Really lucky escape. The two pilots let the plane crash into the river, which was very brave, because it could have gone absolutely anywhere. The sex abuse scandal in Rotherham damned. The council bosses quit. Police called in after the inquiry. Finds it not fit for purpose. Over 1,400 young... You know, not five, not ten, not twenty. 1,400 young girls exploited in a 16-year period. The victims were failed because there was bullying, sexism, misplaced political correctness. Uh, Other stories, e-cigarettes, they now say, may not be the safe alternative. You see people all the time, don't you? I've seen people on buses with e-cigarettes. I don't know whether it's legal or whether it's not legal, but you do see people with them. And the the guide in the paper today to how much sleep you need. And I suppose we better sort of start worrying about young adults. Uh, They say now it's the time when some spend most of their time partying while others are in the process of starting a family. For the latter, two options, more sleep is essential. Apparently, the ideal amount for a young adult is seven to nine hours, though six is good enough for some. In other words, they're so vague about it. So when you get to 26 to 64, uh, adults need seven to nine hours, although cutting down to six means once in a while does no harm at all. And so uh, Margaret Thatcher apparently famously boasted she only needed four hours. I've had four hours. You can actually have, you know, quite a good... It depends what sort of sleep you're in. Somebody said, are your neighbours not very noisy? Oh, I don't hear anything. I climb into bed, I'm out for the count. Seriously. If you're 65 and over, uh, oldies are notorious for dozing off in the day. But that's because they find it harder to sleep at night, and nobody's entirely sure why. Experts assure people of retirement age must still try to get as much rest as they can. So that's what they say. You can get by on five hours a night, other people need nine. But getting a regular seven to eight can ward off all sorts of diseases, including dementia. God, if you wake up and it's early, go back to sleep again. Makes it so much easier, doesn't it? But it just depends on who you are, doesn't it? If you want to go to sleep, it depends whether you're warm, you're cold, it's haven't got things to worry about. It's, all, it's, it's a factor. Do you drink? Do you smoke? Everything fits into it. I don't know how many hours I get a night. I was in bed last night at about quarter to six and uh, asleep by about ten to six. I go very quickly. Very, very quickly indeed. I am fascinated by what sort of food you're supposed to be eating now to protect your eyesight because more people wear glasses and uh, more people have trouble with their eyes. As you get a bit older, there are all sorts of uh, problems, but there are seven foods which help you see better. Seriously. And that includes carrots because uh, it's the beta carotene, isn't it? Which is a, a precursor of vitamin A, helps absorb the light energy that passes into the eye. I mean, one carrot a day, apparently, is good enough. You don't have to go you don't have to go balmy on this at all. Spinach, very, very good for you. Very, very good for you. Oranges, full of vitamin C, although, to be honest with you, you know, you'd have to eat an orange grove for you to stave off a cold. Dark berries are good. So dark berries, bilberries, blackberries, blueberries, I suppose, as well. Oily fish. Ugh. Sorry, Stuart. Stuart owns a fish shop in <laughs> Twickenham. He does a lot of oily fish. So things like tuna, anchovies, mackerel, salmon and trout. Let me cope with it. I could eat salmon, actually. I'm all right with, with salmon. And I did have lobster. I did go out with, uh, with, uh, with some friends for lobster, which was lovely. Not. 
I don't like it at all. And uh, beef is good for you. Red meat is rich in important eye health boosters. Zinc. How much? Portion of lean meat twice a week, plus one or two portions of baked beans, which apparently baked beans have got zinc in. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's solved today's problems. And almonds, very good for you. A handful of uh, chopped almonds on your cereal or eat whole ones as a snack. There you go, almonds. Good stuff, isn't it? Very, very good stuff. So, in front of the uh, mirror this morning is the miracle of flight GE-235. I don't know if it was so much a miracle. I mean, it could have been even even worse than it was. Bad enough that 30-plus people have lost their lives. Uh, a picture of Twiggy. And they've obviously caught her when she's looking not at her best. You know, her hair doesn't look great and uh, her hands don't look great. They say, face of L'Oreal, question mark. And yet inside some of the papers today, they've got pictures of, uh, of another actress who's always in the papers, you know, because she's also going to be one of the faces of L'Oreal. But it's, it's quite clearly an airbrushed picture. An airbrushed picture. Everybody looks different. You know, if you see pictures of, of everybody over the years, we've all aged. There's no, you can't do anything about it. The ageing process. I'm afraid, is something that gets all of us. Uh, plus the story of the crackdown on the foreign patients. In order to register with a GP, EU nationals will be required to show their European health insurance card. The UK has until now been far less efficient than any other countries in reclaiming the money owed for treatment. As a result, the uh, NHS, which is cash-strapped, is losing about £400 million a year, simply because they're failing to identify EU patients and claw back the cost. So, uh, you know, we want it back. Thank you very much indeed. So if you don't... T- but the trouble is, this doesn't stop people turning up at A&E, does it? And just checking themselves in on a flight. Uh, revealed why stressed cats love to curl up inside a box. It has, it has long puzzled cat lovers. Long puzzled them. Why do they do it? Every time we used to, years and years ago, open our airing cupboard in the bathroom, the cat used to shoot in and go under the floorboards because it knew that there was a hole in... Why we never boarded it over? I've got no idea. There was a hole in the floorboards and the cat could run the full length of the house and would stay there. And we had a white cat. It was a Persian cat. So you can imagine when it used to come out, it was covered in cobwebs. But for some reason, it loved being up there. I cannot explain. My mother would say, who's left the airing cupboard open again? Dreadful. Anyway, cardboard boxes, shoe boxes, empty cereal boxes. They love cramming themselves in there. And they say that cats are simply exercising their natural curiosity. And it's also, it's a marking of, of territory. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite interesting, is it? Because cats do do that. You go, how, and you see them on the television. How on earth do they get themselves into this situation? The answer is, they quite like it. It puts themselves into this situation, and, and cats look at you, and sometimes you go, oh, God, your heart just melts, doesn't it? Uh, the, the big freeze goes on. The death toll has rocketed. There's pictures in the paper today. You wouldn't know where it was. Manchester. Manchester. Seriously, it looks like just outside the, the Alps. A move to stop greedy pension firms charging rip-off fees will boost retirement pots by up to £100,000. That'll be nice. Look forward to that one. Uh, the Sun this morning, Clark Carlyle exclusive. And, uh, oh dear, I mean, I'm really, I'm almost too, too bored, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you the on-off, 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 on-off love life of Nicole Dreary Scherzinger, who obviously can't get any gigs in America, and so we, we have to put up with her. Uh, Lewis Hamilton... They, uh, she wants to get married. He doesn't want to get married. So the story goes. He didn't know until she went public that it was off. But there again, you know, I have a feeling she's, uh, she's trying to sort of market herself and nothing better has come along than Lewis Hamilton, who, I mean, I've seen him being interviewed. He's not the most live wire I've ever seen being talked to on the television. I've seen him on a few chat shows and I've thought to myself, it's a bit like pulling teeth. But mind you, all he's had to do is put his foot down on the accelerator. Not difficult. Uh, they've had a string of rows and then he was, um... I think uh, he he was sort of locked out, and I mean, who cares? Who cares? 
It's an ex-pussycat doll and a racing driver. Does it really make any difference? Answer, answer no. Metro on the front page this morning. Golfer Rory McIlroy to hand over a reported £16 million to settle a bitter row with his former agent. He's understood to have agreed to pay the huge sum, more than half his estimated £28 million fortune. Good God, I mean, how much does this pay nowadays? And the answer is, it's, um, it's sponsorship. Apparently the Nike deal was worth about $100 million, which is about £66 million. Pounds. I'm cursing my parents for never letting me play golf and things like that. Uh, Paris Hilton's younger brother Conrad, an idiot of the First Order, insisting he'd had a bad reaction to a sleeping tablet after he threatened to kill fellow passengers on a flight. There must have been some sleeping tablet you were taking there, although other people have other ideas. Um, Jordan's king vows to wage a relentless war against the killers after the Jordanian pilot uh, was killed the other day, and you know that they've got five other IS uh, people in custody. They've said they're going to execute them. Simple as that. Uh, The United Arab Emirates have stopped taking part in airstrikes over Syria after their capture of the Jordanian pilot had emerged yesterday. They dropped out of the US-led force in December, citing safety fears for downed pilots. I would think so. Time check for you this morning. It's LBC. It's quarter past six. Call Clegg. Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg takes your calls with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. This morning from nine, only on LBC. Nick uh, Ferrari, just after the news at seven. Nick Clegg will be taking your calls in another edition of Call Clegg. And a mum... Ooh, earth was that? And a mother of uh, of six will be sterilised. So say our courts. Learning disabilities means that she and her children are at risk if she has another child. Is it right? Should our legal system be allowed to sterilise people? And Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder, is still in the Ecuadorian embassy. That's 959 days after he went in. LBC can exclusively reveal he's now cost the taxpayer £10 million to police his stay. We'll hear from a friend and colleague at WikiLeaks. Nick Ferrari and the team from Seven, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Looking at the papers with Nick today, Hannah Tallett, the Sky News presenter, will be here. Joey says, uh, night buses are still running on Wednesday night duties. They're allowed to finish before striking. Uh, I've heard from lots of drivers who don't want to strike. Actually, Joey, loads. I was quite surprised, actually. I didn't uh, think there'd be that, uh, that many, but there are. They've said they're they're going to be driving the buses. Unless, of course, they're going to be intimidated, which would be awful. Uh, My mother died of a chest infection at 96 and was known for sleeping only a few hours a day, although she would catnap. I wonder really whether catnapping is okay. Is that that good for you? I'm not too sure whether it is this day and age, although I do like a catnap myself. I think it's to do with your genes, Jean-Paul. I think so. I'm 77, got my own surgery, I'm fit, don't smoke, full mental... Uh, facilities in view of the sort of work I do. I have four hours continuous sleep at night if I'm very lucky. I go to bed at 11.30 and up at 5am. Too bored as I'm fully awake. Oh, I always think once you're awake, no point in lying there trying to get back to sleep again. It doesn't work at all for me. Absolutely doesn't. Uh, in Tudor times, begging was seen as a serious crime and would be punished with severe beatings or hanging. Oh, I know. I think they had the right idea, Ollie. I think the Norwegians have a point asking, you know, people don't give money. To, uh, to beggars. It encourages all to contribute to society. It does. And they don't want organised gangs coming in. And that's why down in uh, Trafalgar Square here in London, they've got organised gangs of Romanians who are doing these living statue kind of things. It's all part of a big gang. You see them all congregating in the morning and they stand there dressed up as Yoda or whatever it is, suspended on a pole. So people go, oh, how are they there? They're on a pole. OK, it's as simple as that. You watch them getting onto it uh, all hours of the day or night and the money is split between the different gangs who are controlling them. So I've always said, do not give to these people. Do not give to them. Makes it so much easier. But of course, people don't, um, you know, people, you know, don't sort of worry about that. They're tourists. They come in. 
Uh, Richard says, uh, last week in one of your little bit extras, you mentioned about some woman listener who sends you texts for having a go at celebrities. Oh, no, it was just one person. One person. We just, we just delete now. But uh, it's so funny, actually, because they always go, oh, you know, well, somebody yesterday wrote, was it yesterday, was saying, you know, always having a go at Katie Price. She gives to charity. And I said, what difference does that make? What's that got to do with it? Lots of people. So I'm, and I said, basically, on, on, on that premise, if somebody was a mass murderer but they gave to charity, that'd be okay. Last we heard from her, strangely. Uh, Julie says, I'm expecting a delivery today too. Fifty Shades of... Oh, sorry, I mean, uh, I, uh, I want to be a celebrity. No, I've got what it's called myself now. It should be arriving today, is it? We hope so. Anyway, uh, Nikki says, my partner's lying next to me snoring. That is a dread... You know, snoring can be the worst thing ever. People can die during snoring. They need to get it sorted out. Is it somebody on their back or on their side? They've tried everything over the years, haven't they? But the best one I'd ever heard of, and I've never heard of it since, is an injection in the back of your throat to make your to harden up the bit that vibrates to give you the snoring. Can't remember which bit it is, and uh, and that apparently worked. And that, I only read it once, and that was the last I ever heard. Front page of the Independent: Private education, private education, private education. Uh, new Labour candidates in winnable seats, twice as likely as sitting MPs to have gone to independent schools. Uh, Rotherham, finally the truth behind the lies. And my God, there have been some lies there. This is the front page of The Times. And uh, all of Rotherham Council's cabinet members resigned the other day. Huge cover-up. They knew exactly what was going on. There will be court cases. There will be people who will be going to prison. Uh, the council had dismissed exposés in the Times as biased lies by the Murdoch press. That's why they've all resigned, ladies and gentlemen. They'll all be preparing their briefs as quickly as possible to try and save themselves from the inevitable. I mean, finally, the truth comes out. But up until then, Rotherham was so ignorant of it. So all the council cabinet members have resigned, and quite rightly so. These are people who should have known better. Unfortunately, they didn't protect 1,400 girls at all. Daily Telegraph. Oh, God, not Nicole Scherzing again. Please save me from this ghastly woman. I've sacrificed relationships for my work. What work, dear? What work? You appear on stage, you sing a few songs, then you go off stage. All right, that's it. You know, I've sacrificed relationships. Well, it's on, off, on, off. Why don't you go and... I mean, it'd be easier if you were actually single. I think so much easier. Uh, fees cap boost pensions by £100,000. And here is a lovely picture. It looks like Val Air or Meribel. But in fact, it's the Derbyshire Peak District. You'd never know it. Covered in snow. And uh, that's just about it for this morning. No more covering in snows today. It's going to be a... I think it's going to be a nice day, actually. I, f- I feel a nice day coming on. I hope so for you anyway. And uh, don't forget, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. We have a free podcast for you up in about um, about 25, 30 minutes' time. And I'm afraid one of the stories is going to be Daniela Westbrook. I'm so sorry to mention that uh, that woman's name yet again, because far from actually looking for a job, she's decided that she's not really bothered about looking for a job. Obviously, can't be bothered to work at all. So she's on another free holiday. Obviously, one of her X Factor failure friends has decided to buy her a holiday because it's just so tough being Daniela Westbrook. So tough, isn't it, when you don't work and you actually have no in- interest in working at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll do that again tomorrow morning. And uh, if you want to know more about podcasting, and I can only advise you to go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and uh, there you can learn about podcasting. From as little as £2 a month, you can download everything on LBC, absolutely everything. But you should go to the website this morning because of the bus strike. Uh, Hopefully we can get you round it. You just take tube trains, you'll walk, you'll cycle, you'll do loads of things. In fact, it's probably a lot healthier. And then uh, tomorrow, they've got two more dates, I think, in for the bus strikes. But hopefully we shall get through it with the help of LBC and your common sense. We've done it before. I see no reason why we shouldn't manage it today. 
Uh, Tony says, with these bus strikes, common sense suggests more cars on the road today. Would TfL consider scrapping the bus lane restrictions during the bus strikes? I shouldn't think so for an instance. I don't think you need to go down that uh, that route. So download the LBC app on the LBC website and there's TuneIn Radio as well.